big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael, fashion for everyone. Hello, Sandy. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Morning, Blake and Aaron. We got for us this morning. Fantastic. So breaking news this morning, of course, the, the case of the past five years gets literally taken that long. Former CIFA executives Watson and Blake were sentenced in the Cayman Islands Football Association fraud case. So um, the final day of reckoning yesterday meant that um, Canova Watson received an eight-year sentence in prison. While wow. former, yeah, it's rough. He's been there before, so yeah. While former Vice President uh, Bruce Blake was sentenced to two years after they were found guilty um, in this major fraud case late last year, so. Uh, Watson was found guilty of six counts, including secret commissions, money laundering, false accounting, and Blake was found guilty of two counts of false accounting. Mm. So they go to prison here or somewhere else? No, here. Space. Oh, here. Okay. okay. Right here. Yeah. So this was the Cayman Islands Football Association. Um, they were accused. Watson, former treasurer, was accused of stealing $1.54 million from CONCACAF in 2013. And Blake was accused of helping him basically to launder the money. Interesting. Yes. Prison's not one. Yeah. So the Dart organization has opened up um, a Dart hospitality training program. So anyone who's interested in finding out more about this, it'll cover the properties, Rich Carlton, Kempton, Seafire Resort and Spa. And um, basically someone will get a paid training uh, across three months of paid training across all of the different or a variety of different departments, I should say, um, including the Hampton by Hilton as well. So they've got those three properties. So that's a fantastic program. Mm. And uh, speaking of that, Cayman Finance is reintroducing student education program. So you guys can also check that out. It's what they say is a highly successful student education work experience program they last ran it in 2019, but due to COVID, obviously it hasn't ran since then. And now uh, they've introduced it. The program is called LEAD, which stands for Learn, Educate, Apply, Develop. It begins May the 1st. And if anyone is interested, um, they can certainly reach out to Cayman Finance to do so. Get some more information. All right. We'll see you tomorrow for the mm-hmm. Friday headlines. Woo-hoo. Fantastic. Have a great day. Bye. Bigger. Bigger. Better. Better. Older. Older. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live 
direct. It's the cold, hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. Welcome back, everybody. Today is uh, Thursday. Tomorrow will be the swearing in of the new governor. We will be there getting you guys all the sus and all the information. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week thus far. Are all the kids back in school, by the way? Have they all finally returned from um, midterm and Easter breaks? I think so. Um, I know they kind of trickle back at different times. Of course, you know, private and public schools sometimes have a slight variation in the days, but they seem to be relatively consistent. Uh, so good morning to Stephen joining us from the UK. We've got KK says LMAO somewhere else. Blake will be out in no time. Two years is nothing. We're going to talk about that this morning. Marshall, good morning to you. Joining us from North Carolina, I believe this morning, because Marshall's always traveling, honey, Chill. He's all over the place. Uh, we've got uh, Alba saying buenos dias. Sandy, como estas? Estoy muy bien, gracias. I was realizing last week how how... Uh, shaky my Spanish is, honey, chill. Um, couldn't even remember the days of the week. Woo! Woo-sa. There was a time when I was so, I was telling someone this a few days ago. There was a time when I was near fluent, but just wasn't immersed enough in getting enough uh, day-to-day practice. But I actually used to have dreams in Spanish. That's how good my Spanish was. Because when you dream in a different language, that's a different level of, you know, the brain is working at a very, very deep level. Um, but anyway, you know, practice makes perfect. There's a lot to be said for that. A little bit of practice every single day would go a long, long way. And uh, I wish I had the opportunity to really do like a six month immersion course. Maybe that's the retirement plan. Move to Spain, although Spain and Spanish is a little bit different, but, uh, you know, immerse myself every day where I'm speaking Spanish. I've got a lot of the fundamentals down. Miss Olivia, good morning to you, my darling. First Lady Jayanne is here with the baby. She says, good morning to you all. Have a blessed and safe day. God bless you all. Uh, see, I told you Marshall, don't stay. he don't stay put. He's actually um, in North Carolina. Where did I say? Where did I say this morning? Anyway, I can't keep track of you, Marshall. You're always all over the place. Um, good morning to Wee Wee. She's sending everyone greetings this morning. Miss Barbara is also here. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. So, uh, morning, Ms. Dorothy. You know, we have regular listeners to the program. A lot of you um, just silently. Um, a lot of you just silently listen to the program. And uh, whenever I see you, you tell me how much you enjoy the program and how much you love it. So thank you very, very much. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So anywho, um, I really appreciate that. My apologies. I'm just sending a quick message. Um, But, you know, sometimes we lose people here through death, unfortunate situation. And um, 
I was just thinking I was as I was saying hi to Miss Barbara, somebody mm-hmm. was telling me that you know we had an avid listener to the program who died a few months ago. Um, he was he was one of the silent ones though. Like I knew he was there um, with his wife, but of course he never really said much. Mm-hmm. But she is always in the comment section. So um, you know we just want to do a general condolences to you guys. It's so tough uh, when you lose a loved one, and some of you you know we're at the age now we're starting to lose like parents and spouses and ugh. but we have to be so thankful nonetheless some of you have um amazing longevity in your families i saw a taxi driver yesterday he was saying to me that he was listening to the program and he wants me to interview his mom for the cayman voices series and he said miss sandy my mom is 93 i think he said 93 and i was like wow and all of her siblings live to be like a hundred and two hundred and four hundred like way up there you know, they have good genes, honey chill. And I find that a lot of Caymanians, despite our diet and, and you know, sometimes lack of exercise and stuff, <clears throat> we have some decent genes, I think, um, in, tar- in terms of longevity. But uh, that's why we got to we gotta watch the waistline as we get older and, and keep moving. The movement is important for other reasons, not necessarily for the weight loss. Siobhan, good morning to you. Miss Vernita, good morning. More and more, we're learning about the importance of sleep. I think I want to talk about this maybe in tomorrow's program. There's been some really interesting information recently that has come out about the importance of sleep, which I think we kind of knew, but the evidence is just undeniable and it's mounting that if you're not getting a good night's sleep, folks, you are literally increasing your chances of everything, stroke, heart attack, diabetes, weight gain, everything that's going to kill you. So sleep, that elusive, very, very elusive thing. Um, becomes so incredibly important um, to us all. Mm-mm-mm. More and more important, I tell you. Hi, yeah, yeah. Um, Escovich fish. <laughs> I um, I've I've got a guy. Let me let me send this to. Let me send this to someone. A guy who um, does some graphic work to me. He's not in Cayman. So sometimes it's a little bit challenging. Him to He puts together some of our graphics, like you know, menus and whatever for people, for our clients. And he doesn't always know the food in particular. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, here's the menu, Escovich fish. And he does like a steam fish or whatever. Um, so <laughs> the other day. I was, um, it was brought to my attention that he keeps using the wrong image of the fish. And I said, oh my gosh, let me try to find him one. Um, but he's, he's, he's a great, very, very good at his job. And, uh, you know, we just have to tweak it a little bit between sometimes language barriers and him not knowing the culture and the dishes and that sort of thing. But we'll get there. Thank God for, um, <laughs> Thank God for Google, honey child, because I think a lot of what he does is just Google stuff. And so if he Googles it and it looks about right. Um, however, I think that uh, this one is probably wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Caribbean cuisine, honey chill. Caymanian cuisine, very, very different. And you know, Caymanians put, we put our own little twist on things as well <clears throat> when we prepare them. So, um, you know, this is the uniqueness of our individual cultures. Let me see. Oh, this one looks good. Let me see. I think this is a good one. Um, so, yep, that's my brain multitasking, honey, chill. So yesterday um, was a very, very active day. Lots uh, went on, of course. And um, it's it's a day of sadness. I mean, I don't think anybody will rejoice over um, what happened yesterday, but, you know, justice has, has been served. Um, um, wow, where, where do we begin with this one? Let me see here now. So Canova Watson and uh, good morning, Kamar and Lavana and is it Sky? Um, says bring him here for vacation. My graphics designer, so he can eat all the food. Girl, he might not be able to handle our food. Um, good morning, Cindy. But you know, oh God, I don't even know where to begin with this Canova Watson situation and Bruce Blake. Listen. You do wrong, a day of reckoning will come. Yes, I think we all can accept that. And um, it's a sad situation in the sense that men who maybe are good people otherwise have decided to take a course and make a poor decision that has impacted their lives and the lives of this community and the lives of other people. And it has very far reaching um, implications. So I don't want to downplay what they've been convicted of and what's going on here. And unfortunately for Cronova, his decisions, in my opinion, defy logic. Like I don't really understand why he did what he did. You know, there, there are times mm -hmm. that you can kind of make sense out of a situation. Like you can say, right, uh, this person was, you know, um, I don't know. To, to me, being poor and in need isn't an excuse either. But sometimes you can kind of say, well, you know, the person didn't have money and they were desperate, so they stole. You know, that's why when people go to court, they try to make up excuses. Oh, I had to provide medical help for my sick child. It might be an explanation if it's true. And I find that in a lot of instances, what people say in court isn't true. And there's no verification process. Unfortunately, the court doesn't run out there and say, well, show us the evidence. They just put that up as a defense and they tell their attorney, this is why I did what I did. And the attorney um, puts that before the court. Now, I find it interesting that a lot of times the prosecution doesn't really do a good job of questioning that evidence, um, <clears throat> you know, especially if they already have a conviction. And I think they could do a better job of doing just that. But in this particular case, 
I have no understanding of why they would have done it other than as KK says in the comment section, greed. Just absolute unadulterated greed to the point where it's like how much money is enough? You know what I mean? We all get up and hustle and work. Some of y'all got a good hustle on. Some of you are stealing from other people. But how much money is enough? What I find with people who steal, and this is just a by-the-way observation, and you guys can tell me what you think about this, because I don't know. This is just what I think. I think when it's not their money, there's no such thing as enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? They never, they can't stop. It's almost like it's a addiction, right? They cannot help themselves and they cannot stop when it's not their money. Because they don't appreciate how hard people have had to work in order to um, get access to, you know, that money that you're stealing from their bank accounts or whatever. So to me, it's easy for you to steal other people's money. Yeah. You just see it there and you think, oh, yeah, I can just take that. It is really unbelievable. And I think Canova Watson, for example, he was actually the managing director of a uh, like company management. Oh, God, what was, what was the name of his company again? Does anybody remember? It was right there in that building. They've since sold it, I think, a couple of times, but right across from Appleby Law Firm. Um, let me see if I can find out. What, I can't remember the name of it again. Oh, let's check his LinkedIn. His LinkedIn, Admiral, Admiral. Yeah, he was the managing director of Admiral. Um, and, you know, a lot of these MDs make more money than you and I will probably ever see. $15,000, $25,000 a month is nothing. Just like those partners at Maple Sunny Child, you're making a base salary of $25,000 a month. Admiral Financial Holdings. I think it was just called Admiral. And, um, you know... They make 25 grand a month. Plus, if they're doing well, they might get bonuses, drawdowns, whatever. They make, that's good money. Yeah? You're making 25 grand a month. Believe me, you. You should not feel the desire to get sticky fingers and to steal from anybody. Ugh. Especially programs and people like care pay, you're seeing some of Cayman Islands government. God knows they can't take no more thievery around the place. Um, programs that are supposed to help kids in poor places like Haiti, their football program. I mean, did they sit down and think about who they were impacting? Forget about for a minute, we're going to get to this, the reputation of the people of the Cayman Islands because you cannot put a, a price tag on your reputation. Believe me, you. Huh. Uh, no such thing. Because you mess up your reputation, you ain't getting it back. You'll always be known as a, as a thief. <sighs> and our reputation, already salted. Everybody wants to think that we into money laundering and all them people from the Cayman Islands every time you watch us on TV. Oh, where, where, and where will you be sending your money to launder it? Well, you know, it was a bank account in the Cayman Islands. I'm like, no, 
It was not a bank account in the Cayman Islands. It was a bank account in Delaware. <laughs> That's where the money really is. Hmm. They always be mixing us up in their foolishness. And I'm not saying that we've always been clean because God knows we haven't been. There were times when the money was coming in by the plane load, yes. In bags, there was nothing else in the plane, barely any seats for people to sit. All these private jets were coming in with their ill-gotten gains and it was floating right through Cayman's bank accounts. But I dare say that we're now one of the cleanest places in the world for that sort of thing. You can't go open up no bank account now without KYC and due diligence and um, KISS and all kind of foolishness. They'd be making you jump through hoops. Where did your money come from? But you know what I tell them? If, if you're clean, you're not got nothing to worry about. I know whenever CNB says to me, oh, we need you to send your financials. I'm like, all right, honey, chill. Let me go in QuickBooks. Now I'll be trying to keep up with QuickBooks. I go in QuickBooks and I just print it off and email it to them. Here you go. Um, Admiral Administration, I think that's what it was. So, you know, you're making that kind of money and you still have to steal. <laughs> Something is wrong with you. And I'm convinced the older I get and I'm exposed to more uh, court cases and more people who are dishonest at their core, I think that some people have like a kleptomaniac situation going on for real. Like they really can't help themselves. You give them an opportunity and they're going to screw that opportunity up. And they're going to screw you by stealing from you. And that is just the God's honest truth. And I think that Canova, you know, I don't know him, know him, but I kind of wonder if um, despite coming from nowhere and nothing and, and getting this position that something went wrong where he felt the desire to take what wasn't his. And it's just so wrong. Um, I cannot, I cannot imagine, you know, you're living a good life. You're, you're dressing in the finest clothes. You can travel whenever you want to. You got money in the bank. Every month you're getting your $20,000, $25,000 paycheck. What more could you possibly want? And then when you saw how he spent some of his money, even the care pay case, some of the details of that came out, right? I was shocked. Okay, buying a house in the States, eh, whatever. Sometimes I think if I had enough money, I would, I would buy property in the U.S., although they really do get on my nerves on each other. Um, but, you know, sometimes you want to just get away and have a little place to stay in, whatever. But you ain't got to buy no multi-million dollar property. You can buy a little condo. Um, upgrading the pool. Remember, he was sitting down there putting in sound systems. And it was just an excessive lifestyle that I, I can't, my brain finds it difficult to comprehend what motivated Canova other than greed. And to me, I don't, I don't understand greed like that, right? I just don't get it. You can have anything in this world you want, almost. There's always a caveat, almost. If you work for it and you work hard and you put in the work. So you want a multi-million dollar lifestyle, by all means, go out there and hustle your little patootie off and get it. Stealing to get it? No, 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 no. That we cannot have. That's not going to work. Oh, Canova, what a damn mess. So he's going back to jail, folks, for eight years. What a ting. 
So he'll serve 60% of that. Somebody do the math for me. He'll serve 60% of an eight-year sentence. And um, this man, like, I don't know, man. I mean, he was sitting down there, remember? It came out in the last case where they found the Excel documents on his computer at work. Instead of focusing on work so he could make more money at work, he's focusing on the money that he was stealing and what he was going to spend that money on. And he had it in a little spreadsheet. You know, I'm going to get a million dollars through stealing and I'm going to um, enhance my pool at the Atlanta house. I'm going to put in this, you know, uh, $20,000 sound system and just stupid stuff. Really? Oh, my God. Uh-uh. I mean, when you have that kind of money, again, it's not that he was in any kind of need. You see what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, you're trying to think of ways to just spend money just because you need to launder it, essentially, is what you're doing. Uh-uh-uh. My God. Yes. I'm like, okay. Okay, I want a new car. I want to, you know, do some upgrades around the house. I got to do this. I am not going to go steal from nobody. You're making enough money. You could go to the bank and take out a little miniature loan and be like, okay, um, I'll do a two or five year plan of just quickly paying it back. Cause you know, the, the bank making money off of you from the interest. So you're not too smart when you're in, in with the bank cause they're getting their money five times over. I just don't understand that Canova. I mean, I feel like, I wonder if he'd give me an exclusive interview. Like I want to get inside his head. Help me understand what you were thinking and how you got here. Canova came by way of Jamaica. Um, I don't think he was even born in Cayman. His parents were Jamaicans, as far as I know. Hardworking, you know, people who sacrificed to make sure that this young man could actually, he's the only child of his mom, as far as I know as well, could ensure that this young man got a good education and could have an opportunity. And here we are, Cayman, the land of opportunity. Everybody comes here and gets an amazing opportunity, you know? And he actually just fall. What talk about a fall from grace? Um, I think his mom is still alive, but I understand she actually has dementia, so she doesn't quite understand. She probably has no clue even what's going on. And um, I think that that's a good thing. Because her level of disappointment would probably be more than her poor little heart could bear. I remember someone telling me they, um, back in the day, you know, knew his mom. And she would come to them because she uneducated. You know, this is a lot of her parents. They didn't have the benefit of what we have today. And this is why we have a heavy burden and obligation for our own family name. Try to keep your family name clean, honey gel. Trying to leave a legacy that is honest, at least, and hardworking, right? And, you know, his mom would go to this person and get their help with sending money off to him when he was at university through Western Union. So she would be involved in partners, throwing partners, involved in partners, so she could get a lump sum, send off to Canova, made sure his tuition was paid, and he had a little bit of money. Honey, when you come from those kind of humble beginnings and your parents have made that type of a sacrifice. Do not mess it up. Um, so someone says his mom has passed away, but his dad is still alive. Okay. Yeah, I think she passed away 
since all of this situation has happened. Poor thing. Mm-mm-mm. But um, yeah. So listen, I I am just like uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I just really, really feel it for um, the people that are associated that it's not their fault, you know? And I guess for Canova in the one sense, it's going to be easier for him because he's been in prison already for the care pay fiasco. So he kind of knows the ropes of prison. And having said that, I suppose that means that um, he'll adjust a little bit quicker. I can't imagine what uh, Bruce is going to do. Man, oh man, oh man. Mm-mm-mm. That is going to be hard for him. And he's got a new child. Um, you know, the wife. Boy. That's going to be something else. Ay, ay, ay. I tell you, I, I'm lost for words. And I'm, I'm so disappointed in the decisions that were made. Uh, there were other people around Canova who benefited. So somebody was telling me yesterday, he used to date several women at the same time, apparently. I'm like, mm, honey, chill. Money gets you privileges because, you know, he's not really cute. Let's just be honest. It couldn't have been the looks that was attracting him. Maybe it was a personality. I don't know. I don't know nothing about what his personality really is like, but maybe he was whining and dining him and they really appreciated that kind of lifestyle. But someone said to me that there's a woman who used to work at Butterfield Bank or something. And um, he uh, purchased this house for her, or helped her purchase a house or some story up in Northside. And I said, you know, this is the problem with these situations is even tracing the, 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 they'll do like asset tracing and whatever afterwards to see how they can try to recover some of the money. It's often very, very difficult because these people blow through the money. They either give people gifts or they buy people gifts, or it's like the former president of UCCI, um, Saeed, my dear, he was whining and dining women. One thing with Saeed, that, that was... um. That was former Premier Alden McLaughlin's BFF. They were bosom buddies. They even started to dress a little bit like I noticed the more they hung out together. But one interesting observation I always made with Saeed, he made his life easy with the women. He picked two women that had the same first name. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's smart, honey child. So when you're in the throes of passion, you're like, oh, Katina. It don't make no difference which Katina you're talking about because <laughs> they're both named the same thing. I'm like, that's a little bit smart. You know what I'm saying? But same thing with him. Buying jewelry, Aspen skiing trips, um, helping these women pay off their mortgages, uh, getting home improvement uh, loans paid off, paying off student loans. I mean, this guy was just treating these women like he was a millionaire. Well, he was trying to be on the backs of the people that came to islands. Why can't I meet somebody who steals money and does something sensible with it? Like helps the community, <laughs> you know, a real Robin Hood. 
you steal money and you set up a program for the poor. <laughs> I guess that defies how their brain works, right? Um, it's all about just trying to live a lifestyle beyond your means. And um, someone said that his mom probably died from a broken heart. I think she was already starting to have uh, memory issues before she passed away. So I'm not sure how much she was aware really of, um, of what was going on. It's one of those things that um, I, I struggle with trying to comprehend the logic of it all. I, I just don't know. Let me, let me read some of your comments, see if y'all can make any sense of it. This person says, good morning. I'm so disappointed in Bruce and Canova. They were classmates in high school, smart guys, but didn't need to do, that didn't need to do this kind of crap. Um, Bruce is doubly qualified as an attorney and an accountant. Canova was an accountant too. And Canova's mother especially worked like a Trojan to put him through school. I'm deeply saddened when I read all of this. And you know what? Um, I completely agree. I know Bruce a little bit more than Canova only because um, I got to tell you all a story about Bruce, which I didn't know until recently. He's the one who refreshed my memory. But I remember Bruce when I started um, working at Maples and Calder. So I used to, you guys will know, I used to work at Maples and Calder. Um, they actually gave me a scholarship and I did law school with their, their scholarship. So I was there and I remember he was there as an accountant. And I can't remember if he started before me or after me, but probably around the same time. Like, I feel like he came shortly after I did. But anyway, yeah, Bruce, um, an accountant. And, um, you know, being in that environment, he decided to go to law school and he did go to law school. I mean, these guys are smart, you know, and uh, able to accomplish things academically. Now, uh, Bruce is, has always, in my opinion, been, been seemingly a nice guy. I don't really get too involved uh, you know, with certain people, especially when you work with them and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, I would stop by and say, hey, Bruce, how you doing? I remember the accounts department, in the old building, I think they were in the second floor. For some reason, I remember him being on the second floor. And so sometimes you'd walk through the accounts department and you just say, hey, to everybody. And you might stop for a few minutes and chat mm -hmm. and say hi and whatever. And um, he always seemed very, very pleasant and smart and, you know, um, Lord. But again, the, the situation with Bruce is even more peculiar in that Bruce didn't gain anything financially from what he did. He was doing a friend a favor. And I thought, oh my God, this is when you need to be careful the things that you do and who your friends are. Don't make anybody hoodwink you into signing documents or doing anything that you're not comfortable with. So during his trial, you know, I went to the, I went to some of the trial and got to hear some of it. And, you know, normally I'm, I'm kind of, um, sometimes the only commanded there in court. So like from media, I mean, Andrell, to be fair, Andrell does go a lot, but a lot of the, the defendants like to talk to me. It's, yeah, I mean, I know them. And I, and I, I think a lot of them, oh, my cousin says this all the time. She's like, oh, you know, people are afraid of you, Sandy. And I'm like, really? Why? 
If you ain't got nothing to hide, honey child, you ain't got to be afraid of me. But sometimes they talk to me and I think they're speaking to me out of, not because they really want to have a conversation, but out of like nervousness a little bit or fear. I don't know if fear is the right word. And so Bruce and I were talking and, you know, like I said, years ago, we were both at Maples and whatever. And he said to me, you know, the first time I actually met you was at USF. And I was like, you did? I don't remember you from the USF. You went to USF? I didn't even know he went to USF. I was like, really? So we took a little trip down memory lane. It wasn't my memory that was remembering any of it. I've got the worst memory in the world for certain things. People tell me like, oh, Sandy, remember when you helped me with this? I was at my lowest. I'm like, nope, don't remember it. Sorry. <laughs> I think I just don't hold my brain. I, I'm, I'm not going to space in my head, honey, chill. Too much stuff going on. And my brain just doesn't hold on to those things as significant events. But I think for the other person, it might have been like a significant event. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? So anywho, um, he's like, yeah, you know, I remember I was there protesting with you. And I was like, you were? So there was this whole thing. Charla, I've been, I've been a protester from... I feel like I was born a rebel. <laughs> I don't know. But I was working um, uh, on the student senate. Listen, in these universities, they have like student senates. They get a budget. They fund um, a lot of the NPO organizations. Like it's a real thing. It's like, you know. So um, I was the secretary to the Supreme Court, go figure, at the university. And so... Um, the chief justice of the Supreme Court decided that they wanted to fire me, not because I wasn't doing my job or anything else, but because nepotism. They wanted to hire their roommate. And here I am, poor little black girl over in the corner. Oh, you're easy to just get rid of. And I said, oh, not so fast, honey, Jill. First of all, I'm a Caribbean woman. You ain't going to be pushing me out the door just so to hire your BFF new roommate. No, 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 no. And there was some other um, aspects of it. So we had a sit-in protest. It was even on CNN back in the day, Honey Child, which is like a big thing. It was like the 90s. CNN was just kind of coming into its own, but it ended up being big news on CNN. We had a protest, a sit-in. It was the Black Student Association. And um, a few other associations like really got behind me and were quite supportive. So Bruce told me that he was actually part, he was the president, I believe, of the Caribbean Caribbean Student Association. Now, see, at that point in my life, I had lived in the States too long to be associating with you Caribbean folks. I hate to tell you, but there wasn't no Caribbean people. Even when I first started USF, this was back in the day when Caymanians were all going to the University of Tampa because y'all so stush. Y'all, oh, we need to go to University of Tampa. And I'm like, who? I went to US, U, UT. And I did the tour and I was like, oh, I can't. I'm a poor student paying my way through school. I can't afford no UT fees. And I remember when they heard that I was from the Cayman Islands, they thought that I was coming straight off of Cayman Airways, <laughs> straight off the plane, not realizing that at that point I had lived in the U.S. for over 10 years. And they were like, um, oh, we have a we have a Cayman wing. I was like a Cayman wing. What is it seasoned with? You're putting some some pepper sauce on that one. Some scotch bonnet on your wings? No, they meant a wing of the dorm <laughs> was dedicated to Caymanians. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like, why would you have a Cayman wing? You mean to tell me, and of course, they made me tour it when I did my tour. And I, I thought to myself, hold on a second. 
Caymanians are, um, I'm looking for some eye drops. My eye is a little bit irritated today. I'm like, Caymanians are traveling overseas and y'all go and stay on a wing with other Caymanians? What's the point of going abroad? Is it not to broaden your horizon, meet people from all walks of life from different parts? I mean, the last thing I'd want to do really is be hanging out with Caymanians if I go overseas. Maybe once a month, but that wouldn't be like, oh, dorm life, hanging out with all Caymanians. I mean, I understand familiarity and you want to, you know, but child, sometimes you got to jump in on the deep end and get to know people. So anyway, I couldn't afford University of Tampa straight up. It was not my budget. I didn't have no benefactor. I didn't have the Cayman Islands government give me a scholarship. Although the more I think about it, I probably should have applied, although I was living in the state, but I didn't know anything about those things. I'm like, listen, I got to find money from my own, you know, I was applying for scholarships and doing stuff and working full time and, you know, I had to find my own money. So I didn't have no private university money. So um, he reminded me uh, during this last trial last year that um, he was one of the people who was protesting along with me as well because he was um, part of the, the association, the Caribbean Association. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, that's where I first met you. And I thought that's so interesting because I don't remember ever meeting Bruce before um, working at Maples. And it's funny because he never brought it up while we were at Maples. He's never said to me, remember how we first met? But, you know, again, when you're in court, honey child, they'd be trying to, they'd be trying to build rapport with me. And I'm just, I'm here for it. Cause I want to do an exclusive interview with some of these guys. Like, what the heck were you thinking? I want to do an exclusive interview from prison. What's prison life really like? Mm. Louis, good morning. Joining us from Detroit. So, um, poor, poor Bruce. He just, um, you know, your friend comes, help me do this, sign on the dotted line, do this, do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your reputation. Oh my God. Do not allow anybody else to ruin your reputation. You don't ruin your own reputation and certainly don't let anybody else to convince you to participate in any kind of schemes. And, you know, Canova and um, even his other partner there, they were looking for um, anything that they could to try to hide this money and, and cover this money up. Uh, Ay, ay, ay. It just, it, it breaks my heart. Jeff Webb, he still hasn't been sentenced yet. Will he ever be sentenced? God knows at this point, they might as well not even bother. He needs to come back to Cayman so he can stand court here. And at least, at least we trying to send him to jail. In America, he talked and so many people that he's not going to work. KK says, them and Jeff Webb making big money and still want more. Like why? And worse, you ain't giving it to no one who's in need. You see, yeah, I, I, oh. You know what I think part of it is? I think part of it too is when you get to a certain place in life, maybe the pressure is on to keep up appearances because that's what it's all about, right? Nobody knows how much money you got in your bank account except the people that work CNB <laughs> or, or Butterfield or whatever. And a lot of them don't even know what you got. So you can get stuff on credit and you can be living this supposedly good life. People dress up and um, they put on their, their finest clothes and you, you're like, oh, honey child, she be spending a lot of money and clothes and this and that. You think 
from a person's appearance that you can ascertain. And this is one of the, you know, there are like seven things that people try to ascertain about you or they judge you on based on your physical appearance. And it happens within mm -hmm. 90 seconds flat. Can you believe that? Yeah. People look at you. Oh, well, you know, she's wearing a nice ring. She's got on jewelry. They, they make assumptions about you. And you can't make assumptions about people. You can, be you can make mm -hmm. them, but you might be completely wrong about those assumptions. And, I, and my aunt always used to tell me, bless her little heart. She said, do not look at what other people have because you don't know how they got it. Yeah. You have no clue how they got what they have. She said they might be working triple time and you're not willing to put in the work. So don't be looking at them with no green eyes. Mm -hmm. She said they might have stole it. Ryan Lotto used to warn me, you don't know. So don't be like, oh, this person got a nice Benz and they driving this and they driving that. And you have no clue. Mind your own business when it comes to finances. She said, you just know how you getting it and don't be stealing from nobody. I remember a um, couple years ago, I just got to tell y'all a story about how life can be so interesting, right? So I was speaking to, um, I was looking for some space. This is right before Ivan. I had this business idea and I was like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger. I had done my homework. You got to do your homework. I was like, yeah, I'm going to launch this other business, right? And um, I was like, yeah, boy, this is going to be it now. Uh, this is my multi-million idea, number number five. Because you know, you've always got a million dollars idea. This multi-million dollar idea, number five. I'm like, yep, this is going to be it. So I was looking for some space. And at the time, I was um, I had a little small office space in town, renting from, um, not re actually, I wasn't paying any rent. It was a trade from Andreas Butte and Sasha. And they had, they basically were subleasing above Andy's auto, right? So they had the, the lease. And then they were subleasing. So he's like, oh, I'll do a trade for some advertising. You can have this office. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Sometimes it's useful to have a little space in town where I can kind of crotch and do some work and whatever, you know, have a little um, computer access and printer and whatever. So I said, all right, we can do that. So as I was looking at this business model, I would need bigger space. And I've had like very, very specific. It was um, something that the space itself had to be fitted out in a particular way. And had to be approved by the um, the approving institution, the approving body. So he had some bigger space. I was I remember talking to Andre and Sasha, and I was like, yeah, I'm really interested in this space. And um, he said, mm -hmm. okay, well, this is what we'd rent it for. And I'm like, y'all know me, honey, chill. I'd be like, listen, you gotta come good with these prices because this is too much money. Uh, I'm gonna try to bargain and listen him. So I was like, uh-uh, that's too much rent, dude. I got to be smart. Starting up a new business, my, your biggest expenditure is going to be rent and utilities and staff. And I said, yeah, man, you got to come better than that. You seem like you're trying to go for the jugular with this pricing. This is what he said to me, and I'll never forget his words. And people can be so small-minded, not even understanding what they're saying to people. Well, if you can't afford it, if you can't afford it, Sandy, you better try and sell that Benz that you're driving. <laughs> and I chuckled. I said, Andre, I never told you I couldn't afford it. I told you your price is too high. That don't mean I couldn't afford it. And look at where you gone. Look at the assumptions you're making. 
You think I can't afford to pay your rent and the issue must be that I'm driving a Benz? No, honey, chill. That's not my problem. I'm like, don't be stupid. I'm just saying your price is too much and I'm not willing to pay that price for it. It doesn't have anything to do with what I can afford and what I can't afford. It's what I'm willing to pay. And I ain't willing to pay that price. Not for what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. But you see how people jump to conclusions? Oh, you you driving a Mercedes, so you must be um either you got money or you are you trying to pretend like you got money. So if you if you can't afford what I get, you don't want to take my price fit, then you better try and, and, and sell something. Hmm. It's so funny. Because he happens to be the same kind of person who goes out there, buys a used Audi from one of these Japanese people, and then gotta go to the bank to borrow money to fix up the Audi. And to get spoiler kit and this and that to try and show off to other people. You see, this is the kind of thing Aunt Lottie would warn you about, honey chill. Aunt Lottie said, you're not living for other people. If I choose to buy a Benz and treat myself to that, you know what I'm saying? I can do that. You better just make sure you can pay your car note every single month. Or you save up for it and you pay cash in full. Yeah, it's yours as long as you're paying the bank note every single month. But I must go get a car and then turn around and go to the bank and borrow $25,000. And this is his own words that he told me to try and fix it up because I want people in my car club to, to look at my car. Don't make no sense. No sense whatsoever. These are the things that get you in trouble, folks. Trying to live for the Joneses. Yeah? No, honey, Gile. Don't do it. Make people think you're a proper or whatever, but do not be overextending yourself to try to keep up with people. I must jump out there and get an 8,000 square foot house that I can't afford because all my friends doing it. They're not even your friends, by the way. Because guess what? When you get in trouble with your mortgage and you miss a payment and all of a sudden you're in foreclosure, who you think come into your aid? Those same people that are out there talking about, you know, you need to try and keep up with them or whatever. They're going to be the last ones to help you. Make no two bones about it. They will not be coming to your rescue. You can't go to them and say, may I please borrow some money because I'm behind on my bills. You can count on less than one hand the number of people that will ever come to your rescue financially. Keep that in mind. While you're trying to keep up with other people, right? When you're having financially tough times, imagine which one of them would ever come and say, I got you, honey. I'm going to pay your mortgage this month. I'm going to help you with that CUC bill this month. They are not going to do it. So while you are out there spending money on fancy red bottom shoes, you got to have certain jewelry, name brand jewelry. You don't even know anything about the quality of the diamonds and the stones. You have to be walked around with a particular handbag. 
Some of y'all, your handbag is, is a CUC payment. And then you be talking about you can't pay CUC. Learn how to be a little bit more frugal when it's necessary. You can have nice things, you know. I'm all about that life. But you have to do it when you can actually afford it. And don't go for nice things, right? Before you establish yourself. A little savings account. You got some, some income coming in. That now these days, it's all about the passive income. How can you make passive income? So in other words, you don't have to hustle all the days of your life. So there's a lot to be said for being financially secure before you start to live that flashy life. I'm just saying. Think hard on these things, folks. A lot of people are just bad mind. And it really is unfortunate. But if you are living above your means, take, take a check now of what is going on. Hmm? That's why you get sticky fingers. Because you're living above your means and all of a sudden stuff starts to happen. And you're like, oh boy. Can't afford this, and I can't afford that. And you start stealing from hardworking people. No, sir. Hmm. Ay, ay, ay. You got to just think on these things, my love. So Bruce got two years. Canova got eight. The Anti-Corruption Commission issued a statement yesterday, of course, because this was their case. And they said the following, following a protracted and complex investigation by ACC investigators and subsequent prosecution, the following individuals were sentenced today, April the 19th, 2023, by Chief Justice the Honorable Margaret Ramsey Hale in Grand Court as follows. Canova Norbert Watson sentenced in relation to six counts, including secret commissions, money laundering, and false accounting, got three and a half year imprisonment for secret commissions, two years imprisonment each, for three counts of transferring criminal property, which is money laundering, which are to run consecutively to the sentence of secret commissions, and 4.5 years imprisonment for two counts of false accounting, which are to run consecutively to the sentence for secret commissions and concurrently in relation to the offenses of transferring criminal property, aka money laundering. This resulted in an overall sentence of eight years imprisonment. Now, I remind you guys that he's been in prison before. I can't remember how much he got before. I'd have to go look it up. But um, he'll be back there now. They would have taken him straight away. Um, remember, they were found guilty in December of last year. The judge gave them a little bit of time to get all the um, social inquiry reports and also to get their life together because poor Canova, I got to tell you something. He, um, you know, came out and was able to get a good job. What I find about somebody like Canova, because he's so smart, you know what I'm saying? He had other businesses and stuff. He never had to do this. Um, he actually, um, Lord, he had a good job working for some car place where he was like the managing director or general manager or something. It's amazing, despite what he did, that he could come out and still get a really good job. <laughs> 
So I guess he probably had to give them notice, honey, chill. Sorry, but I'm going to be going to jail, find a new manager. So, you know, Judge, uh, Magistrate, Magistrate, um, Chief Justice, uh, the Honorable Margaret Ramsey Hale, wanted to give them, I think, a little bit of time to also get their affairs in order. When you got a baby and a wife, you were there working. I don't know where Bruce was working. I don't know what he was up to because I know he was no longer at Maples. Because child, when this scandal broke, Maples was like, there's the door. See you later. Sayonara. Don't let it hit you in the in the rear end. Because that's how they rule, honey child. They're not about no kind of drama. So um, he left there. And I'm not really quite sure uh, where he was. But anyway, he got two years imprisonment for the offense of false accounting, 18 months imprisonment for the offense of false accounting to run concurrently. And this resulted in an overall sentence of two years imprisonment. Both individuals were then remanded in custody following sentencing. So they went straight, straight up, processed them. They spent the first night for Bruce in jail last night. And I cannot imagine folks what that must be like. Um, I, I love my freedom too much. I'm telling y'all, I'm not, I am, I personally can only speak for myself. I am not jailhouse material. Look at me good when I tell you I ain't built for no prison life. I ain't built for no jail. I want to get up and get in my car and go where I got to go. If I want to go grocery shopping, if I want to just take a walk down the street, I like my freedom too much. That's I'm not about, I'm not out here trying to break no laws if I can help it. Cause you know, I'm just not about that life. Ah, boy. Lord have mercy. Mm -mm -mm. Poor Bruce. I really do feel it for him. Um, Like I said, Canova might have it a little bit easier because he's been there, done that to a certain extent. So he might be a little bit more acclimated to, to prison life. And, you know, probably some of the guys in there be like, hey, welcome back, brother. We, we kept your bed warm for you. Um, he knows how prison food works. He probably got friends up in there. They're going to still look out for him. Um, he's helping them with their accounts or whatever, giving them accounting classes in the evenings. Ah. Anything's possible. So um, they'll serve 60% respectively of, of, those, um, of those sentences. And, you know, even with Canova, before he got it the last time, they have like this prison reintroductory program or whatever, um, not prison reintroductory, but where they're reintroducing you to society. So he would have to sleep there at night, but during the day he was out working and that sort of thing. And like I said, the man has valuable skills. His skill set would be in demand. So people want Canova to come and do their books and stuff for them. Uh, once he not touched the money, everything's all right. Hot mess. Oh, Lord. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, I got a little clip here. Let me see if this is the one that I was looking for. The three biggest enemies of success. Biggest enemy of success. I would say there's probably three enemies of success. Yeah. The first big enemy is the comfort zone. But the comfort zone is where people become comfortable doing what they're doing and they don't like to change. So there's tremendous resistance to change in our society. 
80% of the population finds reasons not to change, even if the change can be positive or beneficial. The second thing that holds people back is what is called learned helplessness. This is where people feel, I can't do it. And the third enemy is what we call the path of least resistance, which is always looking for an easy way to achieve a result. But nothing worthwhile can be achieved easily. Y'all heard that? Don't be trying to take that path of least resistance. That's how you end up stealing from people. You got to do things the right way. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I don't know. Anyway, um, Johan is in the house, says nobody understands why people or other people do what they do. Why should we be expected to understand why people cheat, lie, give buns, steal, or, or do the things that they do? Ultimately, they will be dealt with by God, etc. Um, I mean, I get it, Johan, but I think we're all human beings. So maybe certain aspects of what people do, we can relate to, you know, like, listen, I can relate if I got hungry mouths to feed like children and I got to go steal a banana to feed my kids. I can understand that. I can understand doing anything almost for your children because, you know, that that's a burden. And as a mother in particular, um, you kind of understand that at a different level, man, you know, that's something like, don't be having no children you can't afford because you don't want to put yourself in that impossible situation. So I think we, we can understand a lot of things. We can sympathize with a lot of things. But this and the position that they were in, I do not understand. And so I think the mind always goes, why? Why? Anyhow, um, Mr. Goodlook says anyone who can make $25,000 a month and stealing deserve a life sentence and not a slap on the wrist, which seems to be quite common. Hmm. Yep. Siobhan says, oh, that pisses me off when I hear that. So dumb. Everything in Cayman this and Cayman that. She's shocked, I think, at the salary. Miss Dorleen, good morning. She says, good morning, Sandy. We need to be honest and trustworthy. Uh, being high-minded when with the love of a lavish lifestyle will get you in trouble. Live simple, be contented, and save your good name. And like I said, I ain't going to take it away from anybody. I love to see people living their best lives. And for you, if your best life is living in a million-dollar house, driving that Lamborghini child, wearing designer clothes, I don't feel any way about that. Go live your best life as long as you're not doing it at the expense of other people and you're not stealing in order to achieve that best life status. Otherwise, eh, whatever. You know, I, I don't I don't mind. I'm like, go, go and do it. Go about it. Live it. I don't care. And what I find is so interesting, like, again, I say people make assumptions about you. They look at you. There's some things that I will spend money on and there's certain things that I ain't spending no money on. I ain't buying no alcohol. Sorry, when friends come over. I'm like, if y'all wanna, if you wanna drink, bring your alcohol with you. Right now, we must have 20, 30 bottles of liquor. If you came in my house, you'd think I probably was an alcoholic. It's not that I drink, it's just people always bring in a bottle when they come over. And because I don't drink, the bottles remain there, <laughs> right? So we always got liquor at Sandy's, said each other, because I ain't drinking it. I mean, I'll offer you a glass and that's fine and whatever. 
But um, even the, the Pepsis are starting to stock up now because I ain't trying to drink them either. Uh-huh. So, um, I don't know. Me, I, like I said, I'm, I'm just not... Uh, designer clothes, I'm, I'm not about that life either. Now, I do like good quality clothes, but I'm looking for it on sale. I'm like, show me the sale rack. Yes, because I can find a bargain now. I'm a bargain hunter when it comes to clothes. People be like, oh my God, where'd you find that? And I say, you've got to know how to bargain shop. I met a girl from Jamaica years ago when I was doing the professional practice course and we went away to Tampa to do a debate thing. We were actually in, um, we weren't in Tampa proper. We were in, I think it was St. Pete or something. Anyway, close to Tampa. And because I grew up in Tampa, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of know the area a little bit. A lot has changed. And I got myself a car and I was the only one there of the Caribbean because it was like a Caribbean competition. They had like Norman Manley Law School and all these other. So I was like the only one there who um, had a car and could drive. So, I, you know, I like my freedom. I just told y'all that's why I can't be going to jail because I like my freedom. And so I jump and I'm like, I'm heading to the mall. Everybody wanted to all of a sudden be my BFF because like, oh, this woman has a car. Can we come to the mall with you? We don't have to pay a taxi or an Uber or whatever. And I was like, yep, jump in. Whoever can fit, jump in. So there was this one particular young lady from Jamaica, um, white Jamaican. And um, she was very into like designer labels. Everything had to be a Anne Klein. Uh, um, I don't even know what other labels, child. I was like, whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, does this mall have a Anne Klein store? And I said, what do you need an Anne Klein store for? Oh, because that's what I wear. And I said, really? I said, let me introduce you to something called Marshalls, TJ Maxx, and what do the other one call? Um, Marshalls, TJ Maxx. There's another one. Ross. Oh, no, no, no. I can't find the clothes that I shop for in those places. I said, girlfriend, you, you clearly do not know how to shop. Why are you going to spend... $350 on one dress. You know what I could do with $350? That's a whole wardrobe. I'm like, come on, girl. Let me introduce you to how to shop properly. Because apparently she grew up in this hoity-toity environment in Jamaica, up in the hills. And they tell me, oh, they can only wear Anne Klein and Liz Claiborne and whatever highfalutin labels that they thought were highfalutin. So I took her and introduced her to Marshalls. I'm like, here's Marshalls. And I'm going to show you how to look at the racks and how to shop. Well, lo and behold, all of a sudden, by the end of the trip, she was finding pieces. She said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I said, really? Don't be foolish with your money. You think those people in Jamaica care how you dress? All you're doing is making yourself a target to be robbed, honey, Jill. Truth be known, because she was scared, driving her little car in Kingston. And she's like, oh, when they come and tap on the window, I'd be like, roll up the window. Don't, don't, don't wash my car. I'm afraid. I'm like, Ugh. honey, I'm going to teach you how to, I'm going to teach you how to shop on a bargain, Ugh, on a budget. Wow. And who, who are you impressing? Who are you trying to impress when you look good, you feel good. That's true. But you know you know what makes me feel better? When my bank account ain't going, put the brakes. That's when I feel real good. Every month when I can pay my bills, that makes me feel good. 
when I don't have no issues, when I don't owe people money all over the place and people be looking at me, y'all know who I'm talking about. You can dress up and look good and then you help out in the streets talking about how you're not paying her, her little thousand dollars a month. I'm like, how do you live with yourself? You shopping for yourself and you taking care of you and everybody else looks horrible because you're not, you can't make them know something. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> good morning, Ms. Dean. Your hand says, question, if elected officials and senior civil servants were in position, or persons in important roles, do things that help themselves and their friends, associate businesses, partners, blah, 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 like grant concessions worth tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, but fail to get anything in return for value of money for the country, and these concessions or promises aren't tracked by multiple governments, is that considered potentially stealing from the public purse, the people and our country? Well, Johan, if the law, and this is where you always have to start with what is permitted, if the law allows it, yes, then it cannot said to be stealing. That is why when you talk about government, the minister of finance, for example, having this power, to give anybody concessions for any reason whatsoever under the sun, how can you then say that that is stealing? So what you have to do is you have to rein in the process. The process cannot be so wide. This concept of, oh, I'm going to give you um, something value for money. That is very, that, that's not specific. That is broad. And any government can make an argument that, yes, this is going to be value for money. Somebody says, I'm going to build something. And I'm going to hire Caymanians. I'm going to inject money into the country directly, indirectly, construction work, blah, blah, blah. That's value for money. Is it enough of a value to give multi-million dollar concessions? That is a very subjective thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not stealing. You may not agree with the decision. You may not think that it is enough of a value for money, but is it theft? No, because the law allows the minister of finance in his or her discretion to grant stamp duty waivers, to grant all sorts of waivers. So the first thing that needs to be done is to first close in the law if you think that that is the problem. Magdalene says a lesson for the young persons, in fact, some older folks too, good information. Sion, is that how you pronounce your name, honey child? Says, Sandy, you know you too hard sometimes. I know, honey chill. But I like to think I'm hard when it's required and soft when it's required. But yes, I get it. I can be a little bit hard. Yes, Magdalene, flossing and broke, buying used tires and driving a BMW Mercedes. Yeah, people driving Mercedes and not got nowhere at night to park it. They're still living at their mama house. Not got a roof over their head. You know, if we were to be honest about the Caymanian quote-unquote success story, we would see, as Marshall says, people doing things to impress their friends. 
But when they go to jail, they go by themselves. No friend to share that jail cell. Well, not the kind of friends that you'd want, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, we have to be honest that our success has been at, we, we, we've gotten this success and we've not really appreciated, I think, how we've gotten it. You know, our forefathers, bless their little hearts, they made a lot of sacrifices, right? They went off to sea and they were sending money back and they were doing all sorts of stuff. But there's been a message that has been lost when it comes to um, how you get there. All of our young people grew up with too much of a silver spoon in their mouths. And that's why a lot of them got sticky fingers. That's why a lot of them be stealing from banks. They get a little bank teller job and the first thing they want to do is go steal. Because you as a parent didn't do your job. You didn't teach them that, honey, you cannot be out there uh, stealing from people, right? When you give your children everything in life and they don't know how they got it, that's a problem. Believe me, you, that is a big problem. Yeah. You've not taught them the message of you can have nice things, but you have got to be able to work for these said nice things. You just give it to them. So they think that money falls out of the sky. Money grows on trees. That's what they believe. You do your, your children a disservice when you raise them like that. I hate to say it, but it's true. Alejandro says some people's eyes bigger than they got. That's the old time saying. At Sion says, not this one, honey child. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it was interesting, but I think it's it's the Caymanian way. Like Caymanians believe in staying at home forever. <laughs> oh, that way your parents would be all up in your business and be taking your wife and your boyfriend from you because you need to get out of your house. They'd be looking at them going, oh, I need a little boyfriend too. They're right in my house. Why not? You know, the American way is you're 18 years old, get out. <laughs> Most American parents don't care how you can do it, honey. They'd be like, chew, go get a job, go to university, see you later. Came on in, people be cuddling their kids like, oh no, oh, you're 50 years old. I still got to get up and fix your breakfast for you. Um, we spoil men in particular. The girls, yeah. But the boy, Caymanian boy, children, oh my God, y'all act like they're kings, pharaohs of the world. You ever notice the discrepancy in how we treat our girls versus our boys in, in this culture? Yeah, boys don't have to lick a finger. 90% uh, of them don't know how to boil water. They can't cook. They don't clean. They don't do nothing around the house. They just wake up. I guess in this day and age, they're video gaming, being lazy, whatever. Uh, mostly you put a little bit more pressure on the female children because you want them to know how to cook and clean and all this kind of stuff. But the boys just get a free pass and you making them wear designer clothes and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, eh, does he know how hard you have to work for that? And some of you parents are not paying your bills so that your children can look a particular way. 
I, I hear y'all talking about you want to take a vacation and you got these pile of children and you're going to be borrowing money and doing this and doing that to try and take a vacation. Maybe the lesson that your children need to learn is, you know what? I decided to have four of you or not. I don't know if it was a decision or if it was a Britney Spears, oops, I did it again moment, but I have four of you now. And so that means that we have to make sacrifices as a family. Because if we don't pay the CUC bill, if we don't pay the flow bill, you're not going to have internet. You're not going to have electricity. We want TV. We got to pay the TV bill. Um, you need to pay, you know, you need school uniforms. We have um, health insurance, life insurance. When all of that is paid and all six people in this household are taken care of, that leaves very, dis very little disposable income for us to be able to then take a family trip, even to just Miami. Be honest with your children. Stop pretending, right? That you can afford the things you can't afford and, and don't have those financial conversations with your children and then have them believe because children have a way of perceiving the world and seeing certain things and that's how they get their belief system. You out here hustling, got three jobs, another man on the side to help pay CUC and all this kind of stuff. And your kids don't appreciate what you're having to do to make ends meet. And so when they get out there, they think it's going to come easy till reality hits. Ugh. This is a problem. Stop telling your children that the first car they need is a luxury vehicle. You don't need any name brand vehicle, honey child. You know what my first car was? I gotta tell mm -hmm. y'all. My first car was a Ford Escort and I got that as an adult. Yes. Was uh, in my last year of university. So throughout university, I didn't have a car. I was walking. Because at one point I lived very close to campus, so I could just walk right across the street. I was catching a ride with friends on campus. I had my bicycle. I was riding my bike. That was my mode of transportation. So it was walking. And on the cold days in Tampa, that wind chill on your bicycle walking, trust me. I didn't do the bus too often because I didn't really go like long distances. But my first year of university, when I was still living at home to get from where my aunt lived to the university before I moved, that was a bus ride, getting on the public bus. And that's what I did. Caymanian children go to university. I remember when I first saw the first bunch of Caymanians start coming to USF, honey child. They had, um, oh, the fanciest cars. They were staying in the private dorm that by that point I was actually working. One of my, one of my jobs was being a leasing agent for this private dorm. And these came in and showed up. So I gave them the tour of the facility and whatever. And um, they're talking about, Oh, you know, in the Cayman Islands, my dad owns a boat. And I mind you, I later found out that that, that was a lie. These people, the, the family that had no boat, but they were so keen to try and impress people. And I said, Oh really? You're from Cayman and your dad owns a boat. That must be nice. I'm from Cayman, but I've been here in the States. I'm hustling. I have to walk up to Piccadilly's as a treat on Sunday to get a lunch with my boyfriend. That's my weekly treat. We ain't got no boat. We ain't got no car. We ain't got nothing. 
You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel no shame about it, but I also wasn't lying about um, having a father that had a boat. I was on the phone trying to beg my daddy. Um, we, we got tuition money right now because it's coming due. How, you know, I'm short. What are we going to do to pay the tuition? The tuition was the most important thing. Getting my education, getting that piece of paper. All these other things, folks, will come at some other point. We've got to change our mindset. Thank you, Gina. She says, I get the most compliments on my outfits that I get at the thrift stores. Yes, girl. And, you know, now they have some website that um, you can take designer things and sell it. And then other people buy it back. at like a. So if you're into labels and designer stuff, if that's your thing, there are ways that you can do it. But you just got to be smart. Tell your children they will not have any kind of designer vehicle, name brand vehicle. My little Ford Escort did the job. It got me from point A to point B. And it was the best little car because let me tell you what it used to do. I could literally pull the key out of the ignition and the car would keep running. I don't know. I don't know how it was broken or whatever. But one day I discovered it. Like I just pulled, I don't know how or why, but I pulled the key out of the ignition and the car was still on because I hadn't turned it. And I was like, oh, this is good. So, you know, the couple times I would take Oscar out, that was my dog, Oscar. I could like leave him in the air conditioning. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll be right back, but I don't want to leave the key because somebody might drive off with the car. Maybe the car's still driven off with it now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, I digress. Be frugal where you can in life. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're all going to end up in that same little wooden box. And you're not taking any of it with you. So really, it's going to be neither here nor there when it's all said and done. But by all means, enjoy your life, honey, Jill. And listen, I've been there. I was a young adult who, um, you know, when I finally started to make a little bit of money, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to have the latest iPhone. And listen, one time, let me tell you how stupid we all can be. And we got to learn now. I was such an iPhone lover because I used to have Blackberries and whatever, right? And y'all know I love me some technology. So I can't remember what model iPhone that is, but it came out. And I was the first person came in to have that phone, even before the telecom companies. Because, child, I was in Miami that weekend. And I was wheeling and dealing with some Cuban guy in Aventura Mall trying to get that $1,600 iPhone. Hmm? Now, when I look back on it, I'm like, Damn. $1,600 could have paid my mortgage for the month and then some. You can't pay mortgage anymore because y'all know interest rates going out the roof. But we've all been there. We've all made stupid financial decisions. It's now a matter of reining it in when you have to. So, you know, I thank God for my little frugal husband too, honey, child, because he's like, listen, Bills get paid first before anything else happens around here. We have financial goals, trying to expedite paying off that mortgage. If you got $1,600 that you can go out and buy a phone, you better slap that extra $1,600 on top of that mortgage. Because when you're paying on just the premium, you're going to see not just the premium coming down, but the interest as well. You could save yourself a lot of money. If some of the money you waste on other stuff, you take and put it towards something like a mortgage as an extra payment. You can shave off years 
off of your mortgage by just doing one or two extra payments per annum. And you'd be surprised. Yes, that means you're cutting back on a vacation. But listen, this is what I tell people. When you see what you're paying in your mortgage, you better learn how to have a vacation at home. (laughs) You better try to enjoy your house, get out in that yard and enjoy that space because you're paying for it. You're paying a premium price for the luxury of having a home. Hey, look at Gina. She says, mine was a Ford Escort too. Cost me $700 in college. I think mine was a little bit more than that, but yes, girl, that was a good little car. Marshall says that his first car was a little two-door Toyota Tercel, and I paid for that myself when I was 18 years old and working. Yeah, I didn't get my car till later, Chuck, because I was trying to pay tuition. Um, I remember that I had a, a guy, he was from the United Arab Emirates. He was kind of, I think he kind of liked me, but he's one of those people that was trying to buy you-know-what from you. And I was like, eh. So he talked to me on the phone. And next thing I know, he called one evening. And I said, okay, you know, you got to call the leasing agent on Monday. This night's a Friday night. Nobody's here. I was a resident assistant. There's a private dorm. So we got a lot of the rich kids. Lots of rich kids. Oh, God. Their parents would just send them off to university. And they were hanging out by the pool all day doing no work. They get kicked out after the first year. Flunked out of school. So anyway, he was coming for, I think, like a year program or whatever. So he comes with his pants all the way up to his chest and stuff. And um, his father was a minister in the United Arab Emirates. And so anyway, um, when he first arrived, he came bearing gifts, honey chill. Now, you see, if I told y'all how this story went, y'all would have been like, see, Sandy, this is just like George and that woman, except I wasn't up for it. I wasn't, I wasn't no desperate little girl, honey. So he brought me nuts and perfumes and some kind of some kind of Middle Eastern food. And I was like, listen, sir. Um, his name is I call him Al for short, because I, I I can't get into that long name. I said, Al, thank you so much for the thought. It was very, very nice of you. But you see this young man right here? This is my boyfriend. And he would not appreciate me taking any gifts from any foreign man. Some foreigner, I don't even know who you are, sir. And also, I work in this position. This is a position as a resident assistant. So sometimes I might have to tell you what to do and I might have to write you up and whatever. So it's also inappropriate for me to take gifts at given the nature of the position. Yeah. But he was, he was hot, honey child. He was like, Oh, you know, um, can you teach me English? And then he trying to slide a hand on the knee. I was like, pump the brakes, honey child. We're not about to have any of that around here, but he had a car because he, these people got money. And one thing I loved about the international floor, it was so, so rich, like the people, not them being rich, but the culture. Like there was a French artist named Ludovic. I ever, I was wondering what happened to him. We used to go play tennis with him and there was like a Korean girl. I mean, I loved being at international floor. I met so many Malaysian, just people from all over the world. And so this guy now, he comes rich and ready to sow his Royal oats all over America, but he wasn't going to be sewing them with me, honey chill. But um, after a little while, we developed a little bit of rapport. I turned down his offerings of <laughs> gifts. I turned it down. I said, no, thank you, sir. It's quite fine. I don't need that. But when he got his little car now, he had a Toyota Tercel. I was just thinking about this when Marshall mentioned that. And honey chill, that was a nice little sports car. So um, I said to him one day, it was a stick shift and all. And I said, hmm, 
I said, you know, I think in life, everybody should learn how to drive a stick shift. I would like to learn how to drive a stick shift. Of course, he was all too happy to hear that because he's like, oh, I will give you lessons. And I was like, eh, okay. So we go out in the car, in the parking lot. He's going to teach me how to shift and whatever. All of a sudden, again, here comes that, that hand trying to be on my knee and on my leg. And I was like, oh, Jesus, sir. Take your hands off my knee. Not, we don't do it like that in this country. I don't know about where you're from, but the, you're here to teach me how to drive a stick shift, not anything else with a stick, okay? So back off. So um, I could see he was very persistent though. So I said, mm. after about 10 minutes, I got the basics, honey child. Yes, I know how to drive a stick now. Hear me. I got it. I got it now. I, I understand how this works. Can I just borrow the car to go and practice? Because now, you know, you, you put it in first gear. This is how you shift. This is what you do with your feet. All I need is practice. And do you know he was actually kind enough? He said, yes, you can borrow my car. So I would borrow the car at night when he didn't really need it. And my boyfriend and I, Prakash, good old Prakash, we would go driving way out in what's now New Tampa. Back then, there was nothing out there past Del Mabry, but the road infrastructure, beautiful new roads, just for miles and miles and miles, nobody on them. And we would go out there and just drive and get lots of practice all one, two o'clock in the morning. We're out here driving and getting practice and learning how to drive a stick shift, thanks to Al. And I didn't have nobody trying to feel up my leg while I was trying to do it. Um, so, you know, folks, I couldn't afford a car. Al had a car. He was gracious enough, no strings attached, to allow me to um, to use his car. And it is what it is. First Jan, first lady says, my first car were my two feet. OMG. I was um, to pressure them so much. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I was there with you. I was walking. But you know what? That walking helped to keep some of the weight off too. Alejandra said I had a Honda Civic hatchback as my first and I tricked it out in, uh, to my style. <laughs> Child, we not had no tricking out money. Vicky, good morning. She says, little time build my house back home on my little domestic helper job. I don't owe a cent on it. Wow. Congratulations. Good for you. Um, Alejandro, somebody, he would fire my girlfriend if she said, I can't accept girls. Give some foreigners. No, sir. Wow. Uh, Vicky also says, champagne life on beer bottle salary. Same people. Mm -hmm. Some people. Yep, that's it. That is it exactly. You've got, listen, I've had money and I've not had money. And um, it hasn't really made much of a difference in terms of who I am. You know, the struggle is different. Let me be very honest. The struggle is different when you don't have money. And this is why I say when I see vulnerable people, like I don't like to judge, you know, even some of these women who are coming here selling their bodies and whatever. I try not to be too harsh on them. Although I always feel like you could... You could do better. I've been poor and I've never done that. But I also sympathize a little bit that when you're poor and desperate, there's a lot that you may do that when you're middle class and comfortable that you don't do. I appreciate the real world scenario. Live Good Morning says I gave up my apartment. True story, I gave up my apartment and lived in my car for six months to buy my first laptop in Cayman. Wow. And hopefully you were getting that laptop for work or educational purposes. So it would make sense to have that. 
That's just, that's that's real. I must tell you, I've um, you know, I've I've been homeless in the sense that I didn't really have a place of my own, but I was able to, um, you know, I told you guys about this family that I worked for, the to- total family of strangers, that I um did like basically domestic work and took care of their flea infested dogs and cats. That didn't last too long, honey, child, because I just couldn't. Ugh. Oh, and they were smokers and everything smelled of cigarette smoke. I was like, oh my God, I need to get the hell out of here. But that was transition while I was waiting on my dorm job to be ready. But you know, I've I've um had to stay with friends um for a month or two while transitioning from one place when I was in university to another. And uh the struggle is real. You know, I've never had to live on the street, thankfully. But you know, these are some of the things that sometimes people see you now and they have no idea. Um, where the sacrifice has been made along the way. Miss uh, Evangelist uh, Marcia says, and yes, Dacia, I agree with what you say. As parents, we must check our kids um, or school bags. And if see anything in their bag that you did not give them, um, you should have them take it back. I believe in that. My daughter tell me up to last night that I'm too serious. No, this is true. You've got to keep an eye because, um, you know, children don't always appreciate some of these things and people want to give them stuff, especially adults. You got to be careful because uh, that's how the grooming process works. When adults are trying to give your children things, mm-mm, you can say no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Ms. Barbara says that she split her house into rented half and it paid for itself. And a lot of people are now doing, um, I was reading this the other day, there's a lady who in the States, built a little miniature shed house in the back of her yard. And she has the main house, which is bigger rented out. And the rent that she gets in the main house pays her mortgage and all of her utilities. So basically, um, I forget how much money she, I think the little hut costs like, I think it's like maybe 25 or $35,000, but now it's paid off completely. And the money that she's making from renting the main house pays for the mortgage and everything else. So she is living in her miniature house rent-free as her mortgage and everything else is being taken care of. That's a sacrifice. I'm sure she would much rather be in a bigger house and have more space and whatever. And she's got a dog. And But you know what? You don't, there, there's a time in life for everything. And there's a time in life um, for sacrifices to be made. And right now, financially, folks, we are all, um, you know, in a, in a less... Uh, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for, but we have less disposable income. Let me put it that way. And so that means that we will be making choices now that maybe five, 10 years ago, we didn't have to make. The interest rates keeps creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. They said now they're going to start, the Fed supposedly is going to start to slow it down a little bit, but that hasn't come yet. So that hasn't come yet. That means that you've got to be willing to tighten your belt and to make some necessary sacrifices. And you do what you have to do as long as it is an honest living. I think that really is the most important thing. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Um, I guess you could phrase it like this, a less advantageous financial Mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you make them put it? Financial embarrassment. Yes. Good morning, Tosoka. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Felipe. Thank you so much, Charlene. Appreciate the comment. 
Um, Felipe is here. Uh, Yasmin says, my first car was an Ivan Salvage Honda CRV, most reliable, unreliable car out there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love me a Honda with a passion. They will last forever and a day. Shall Hondas be having all 300,000 miles and they still going along. Right now I'm driving me a Honda's um, HRV. I downgraded from the Mercedes to the Honda. And you know why I did it? Because I, uh, the life cycle of a Mercedes being what it is, right? The, the value, the good thing about a Mercedes is the value lasts a really long time. So I was at this point where I could still sell it. It was a five-year-old car. I could still sell it and get decent value for it. Yeah? When a Mercedes starts to, oh, this needs to be repaired or replaced, mm -hmm, then you start to get into all this money. So I paid off the car two years early from the bank. This is what you do. Driving it, all I had to do, maintain it and put gas. Then I said, okay, five years now. Gas prices were creeping up. And I said, ooh, honey, chill. $80 to fill up this tank. I went and looked at the Honda HRV. $30 to fill her up and she'll last like almost three weeks. Now I've compromised. I'm not going to tell you there are days when I get in, I don't want to press button number one or two, the automatic settings. And, you know, there are features that I don't have on an HRV that I had on the Benz. It's called sacrifice for the bigger picture. I sold my Benz, took that entire amount. I didn't take a single dime from it or a single Caymanian quarter. I took it and put it the full amount on my mortgage. Y'all must appreciate that if you take a lump sum, $25,000, $30,000, and you put on your mortgage, honey, child, the visuals of seeing that amount come down, the visuals of seeing the interest, because listen, the first, you get a 20-year mortgage, the first 15 years of that mortgage, most of what you're paying is interest. Go look at it. Ask, ask your bank. Don't just pay every month. Oh, I'm paying $2,500. See how much of the $2,500 are interest payments. It is at least half, if not more, at the early stages of the mortgage. And when I say early, I'm talking about the first 10, 15 years. You're mostly paying interest because the bank can get their money. Yeah. But when you do a lump sum payment, it impacts not just the principal amount that you pay, but it also impacts the actual interest as well. That starts to come down because that is based on the principal amount. Mm -hmm. I'm telling y'all, go, go. Listen, speak to your mortgage managers. Have a look at it. See what you're doing. And so for several years now, every single month, I have been making extra payments on my mortgage every month. That means there are months when I might have wanted to do something else and I'm not going to do it because the first obligation, make sure the bills are paid, the extra mortgage payments, and I'm still making the regular mortgage payment because that's how you really get aggressive. So what I was able to do is sell that Mercedes, put that lump sum on the mortgage, get the Honda. I didn't have to go to no bank for the Honda. 
paid that spot cash. Yeah. Now I'm driving around in HRV. If y'all see me, don't be knocking my HRV because it's a beautiful car. And the gas is like, oh God, I love the fact that I hardly ever think about having to go to the gas station. And they are reliable cars. You know, it's going to, the seat is not as comfortable as a Mercedes seat. I will admit it. No, it's not. But it's about trying to achieve a financial goal. And the financial goal is to be mortgage-free by a particular age. And it's going to happen. That's, you make a sacrifice. You do what you got to do. Uh, Janetta, good morning, says, I remember working as a bagger to buy my personal things and my poodle needs, um, is that poodle? Needs when I owned a toy poodle dog, her name was Pebbles. Uh, Sian says, I remember years ago, I was coming from Foster's with grocery carts, pushing the cart to the bus stop, the cart turnover, and people are laughing at me, but today I own a car. That's right, make them laugh. Because now you're probably laughing at them because they still live in paycheck to paycheck. Um, you had time, but if we're going to be trolling anybody, we're going to call some scammers in just a little bit. We're going to get to that. Strong will says, Sandy, I had a Mercedes. I had to sell it. The parts are too expensive. They will, they broke me. Well, you see, that's the thing about these cars is sometimes you look at the price tag. You're like, oh yeah, I can afford that. I can afford to pay the bank that every month. But when they get to the stage where they start to need stuff, that now, and you know, the thing about Mercedes, I'm going to tell you all something about Mercedes. They're kind of a little bit, uh, this is what they do. Certain types of parts you cannot get if you're not an authorized dealer. So, you know, um, if you own a Honda, I can go on Amazon and get Honda parts and all kinds of stuff, right? Mercedes does not allow that with all of their parts. They claim that, you know, some parts are like they're controlling the theft of their vehicles because some parts are needed when people like steal a vehicle. No, they just trying to control the price. You're always going to pay a hijacked up price for that. And they dictate within, I guess, a certain margin what their authorized centers can charge for um, these things as well. So absolutely strong will. You've always got to think about the um, the post care of a vehicle, how are you going to get it serviced and how are you going to pay for it and all those things, because those things really do matter. Lisa, good morning. She says there are lots of decent um, amortization calculations available online that can illustrate the huge differences and payoff times and interest rate. Thank you for that. Absolutely. You can um, just go online and, and have a look at it for yourself as well. Um, it'll do, it'll tell you, this is what you're going to pay in interest on this mortgage, you know? And she says calculators show what will happen if you pay a little bit extra each month, a bi-monthly and or plus a little bit extra once every year if you receive a decent bonus. And that's a fantastic idea, uh, Lisa, because a lot of people get year-end bonuses, Christmas bonuses or whatever. Um, let me assure you, if you take that and you put that on your mortgage, you'd be surprised. Now, it's always better. This is what I've learned, Lisa. It's always better to try to do it monthly if you can. Because what you're doing is you're getting ahead of the next interest um, that's going to be calculated. And it's done like on the amount, right? So say, say for example, I had $25,000 that I wanted to put on my mortgage every year. It's better for you instead of doing like one lump sum, $25,000 per annum, it's better for you to break that up into small monthly. And this, this is the art of 
knowing that little things make a difference. So paying an extra $500 a month on the mortgage, an extra $1,000 a month on the mortgage each month, right? Before the next interest. Alexa, stop. Nobody calls her name and she'd be trying to talk and listen to me. Um, so yeah, I think that if you do it monthly, right, this is what I've realized, um, before that next due date, you know, you're, you're, you're impacting the, um, the rate, the interest rate and the reduction in the principal on a monthly basis. So you try to squeeze it in every single month as well. Um, Alejandro asking for me to unblock Jonathan because class is kind of quiet. No, Alejandro is a short answer. Y'all gonna learn a thing or two about tough love from me one way or the other, honey, Jill. All right, so listen, the other question of this whole FIFA, CIFA thing, um, and I wanted to address this because even last night I had people asking me about this. They said, what about the woman who was um, charged alongside them? This is a very interesting situation. I wanna try to break this down. Let me see if I can find, that was Charmaine um, Moss, I think it's her last name. I want to break this down for you guys. We were the ones who broke the story that she was arrested. Um, at the time that she was arrested in 2009, she was the business manager um, and RC, of the RCIPS. And the RCIPS actually um, suspended her after the CONCACAF criminal allegations. So I'll, I'll put the story here just as a reminder so you guys can refresh your memory. So a lot of people were like, well, whatever happened to Charmaine? Like she was part of this case. Well, she actually went to trial separate and apart from Jeff and um, Bruce. Of course, Charmaine had connections because I think she used to date um, or she has a child with um, Jeff Webb. I believe, is that who she has a child with? Who's, who's her? No, 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 no. My, my apologies. That's not who her child is for. I think she might have dated Jeff, but she has a child for one of the, um, one of the brothers, um, is her, is her last name White or Young? One, one of them. Anyway, she has a child with somebody. <laughs> Some gay man. Uh, I think he's an accountant or something. But um, so she was kind of mixed up in this because, you know, she was connected, being dated, whatever. So she was charged back in January of 2020. I can't remember who hers. Who hers. Is it Peter or what? one of the brothers? You know how you got these brothers that, oh God, I can't remember. Small, small. I don't know where the hell I'm getting young and everything else from. Um, small is the name. Yes, uh, one of those small brothers. I think there's like three or four of them, right? Anyway, she's married. She was had a baby with one of them. So her daughter, the daughter must be an adult by now, honey child. Anyway, she was arrested. I think she used to date Jeff and there was some kind of connection there. And she was um, connected mm -hmm. to this whole conca calf thing. Well, she actually got off in her case, but we, the media, couldn't report on it. So the judges put a um, gag order mm -hmm. in place where we could not even report the outcome of her case because they felt like it had the potential to prejudice the Canova Watson and Bruce Blake case because they were all going to be jury trials. And so sometimes... When it's a jury trial, um, the courts will purposely uh, try to protect. And, you know, I understand why it's done for sure.
but they will try to protect the integrity of the system. Because like I tell you all, jurors don't often get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they get it right. Um, but it is very, very possible for a jury to be influenced by what they think, even outside of the trial. They're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to just look at the evidence that's before them and that's it. But humans being who they are, uh, sometimes they get it completely wrong. So let me show you all this headline. Because again, um, there are people who are like, oh, whatever happened to her? Well, what happened to her? She got off. So um, this is the case here. This was the original article that went up that we did with Charmaine. There she is. And yep, she got off. So she went to trial and stuff way before then. I'm trying to remember when she, but it, it's been at least over a year or more, but their trial took a really, really long time because they um, they had they had a lot of, Comp, like the documents alone in the Canova, Watson and Bruce Blake matter is like ugh, staggering. Trust me, the prosecution, I take my hats off to them. They did a really good job with this case in terms of the volume, as well as the defense, the volume of all of the documents and stuff. This case lasted for what, like six weeks or something. It was a massive trial. And so they all did a really good case, at good um, put up a good effort with the case, I would say. So yes, she um, eventually left the RCIPS um, as their uh, mm -hmm. business manager, and now she's at um, at HSA. She's not the most popular person at HSA. I got to be honest with you; a lot of people do not like her at all. Um, they say she's very prejudicial to staff; that she treats staff horrible, and that's her reputation. I can only tell y'all what I'm telling y'all. Um, but. I mean, that's part that's separate and apart from the fact that she got off in this case. Uh, the advice I would have for her is try to be nice with your workers, um, you know, over there at, um, at the HSA because they do not like how you treat them. And they don't like the fact, Charmaine, that you're always allegedly telling them that you got fired at Caymanians and bring in Jamaicans and do this and do that. They're not really fond of that. So, you know, if you can, if you can do better with the attitude, might I just make a suggestion that you do better? And I've known Charmaine a long time from when she's working at the attorney general's office, because that's where she used to work um, back in the day. And so when I was at law school, I did um, a little bit of work experience in the um, DPP's office, shocker, and stuff like that. And I know Charmaine from way back then, but I can tell you, Charmaine, and people HSA, some of your workers can't stand you, honey chill. They say you're rude, you're disrespectful, you don't know how to talk to people. Um, girl, I'd be getting the messages about you, and I'm just like, mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't want to have to feature you on CMR. So just pull, pull back the attitude a little bit is what I would recommend. Because trust me, they're like, this girl is so nasty and disrespectful. This is one of them said, the same person is employed by HSA and under her management, we've had 11 persons leave or transferred in a year. This is what the people then telling me that work HSA. Huh. And um, 
when new persons are employed, she's telling them how she can fire them if they don't do what she says. There is uh, so much intimidation by her and we just can't figure out how she got this job. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know myself how she got the job, but what I can tell you is uh, when you have that many people, and I know that HSA is a big organization to be fair to them. So you will have people um, come and go, but uh, I, I would caution you to be a bit more respectful to the workers. Yes. Cause child, when you go, they're going to be telling everybody don't hire Charmaine. Cause she don't know how to be, how to work with people. When you're in a managerial position, you don't just rule by force, right? You can't just walk around with a big stick. You've got to know how to work with people. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you talk softly. Um, you will win more bees with honey than with um, hot sauce. Good morning to Michelle. She says, good morning, everyone. New York is in the building. Hey, NYC. Happy I have this platform to keep up with, with what's happening in my islands. Thanks, Sandra, for this platform. Oh, gosh, you are most welcome. Um, Siobhan says, wow, her of all people, Nosa. Everton says, some people don't understand that if you treat your workers good, you don't have to bend over backwards for them. But if you treat them um, in the best, uh, wait, you, you don't have to bend over backwards for them, but you treat them in the best of kind of as well. They will go the extra mile for you. Um, you treat them like crap and they will get, and you will get screwed and you won't get too much out of them. Three people, right? Treat people right. I think it's what that's what, yes. Um, yeah, when you're a manager and not everybody's management material, I feel a lot of people get promoted into management and they haven't had the requisite training and stuff to be an effective manager even. So sometimes they're, they're taking out their, their work stresses. Like they have stresses put on them. Like, oh, you just need to accomplish this long list of things. And they think the way in which you do that is to walk around with a whip, beating people over the back, telling them you need them to do this and yelling at people and screaming at me. Listen. The worst thing you can do to a worker is make them feel um, like they're not worth anything to you. Because trust me, they will leave. They will resign. And the HSA is not the only hospital in the house. They can go other places and find uh, work. Uh, Marshall says they don't know what to do with her. She's a little short, yardy woman. Fix her business. <laughs> Lord Jesus. She's commanding now, Marshall. Get it right. Uh, Judy says in Cayman, people with criminal mm -hmm. records or charges are the ones who get the best jobs. It's who you know. I do kind of agree with you, um, Judy. I have seen that time and time again. And the worst part is I've seen people who are thieves get jobs working with money. And I've never understood that. I'm like, that person just stole money or they were convicted and you're going to put them in charge of the hen house, the, the fox in charge of the hen house. How does that make any sense? Good morning, Oscar. How are you? Jim says, plenty of managers, not enough leaders. Aha. That's a good one, Jim. Everybody trying to be the boss of me. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Marshall says, where's she born is where's she from? Lord Jesus. All right. Um, someone says, good morning. I have retired now after working for 50 years of my 71 plus, no mortgage. Girl, you really naming them out this morning, laughing out loud. I was going to ask that question, what nationality is she? That's why I've always been a receptionist at the three jobs in my life. Um, and then they say status. Yes, well, she definitely has status. 
Uh, this person says, good morning. A simple trip to Miami and I'd be avoiding Caymanians, much less at university. Let's not even begin with Jeff. Didn't he steal from his own sister? That says it all. <laughs> They'd be walking around with an empty $1,000 bag. I will take the $20 bag and still have the $1,000. The old people always said, greediness choke puppy. That's right, honey chill. Oh, I have those financial conversations with my kids. We're currently discussing summer vacation. What is affordable and which options we should go with? Yes, I love that. Include your children in the conversation because they need to know that you work and you have a budget. Money just don't fall out of the sky. Listen, I am thankful that at this stage of my life, I can't complain about nothing. If I want to eat, I can go anywhere and eat. I can pay my bills. I can pretty much get anything that I want. But I don't tell that to my daughter. <laughs> she's only six years old. When she says, oh, I want, I'd be like, you, girl, you sound like a broken record. Wah, 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 like a siren. And I say to her, you wanting it doesn't mean that you're going to get it. First, we address our needs. What do you need? And she's an only child. So, you know, a lot of times, I just noticed that my Facebook connection dropped. I'm not sure what that's about, honey child. But um, a lot of times, yes, it's possible that you might be able to give your kids um, something that they don't need that they want. And you can certainly do that. But guess what? At the same time, folks, you've got to teach them that money don't just fly out of the sky and it doesn't grow on trees. So I say no to her, not because I have to, in the sense of I can't afford it. I say no to her because that's going to benefit her in the long run. And I try to say to her, mommy only has $25 when we go to the store. And you know, you know how kids think? Thank you, Captain Kman. I don't, Facebook is so weird. I don't know what happened. It just dropped out, but I've tried mm -hmm. to re-add it. So hopefully it'll pick back up. Um, I noticed Facebook has been having little issues lately, honey chill. But anyway, you know, um, she'll say to me, this is how children, that's why it's so important to listen to them and the things that they say to you. She's like, um, cause I said, what makes you think I have money in the bank? You know what she says to me? But you have that card. Cause I don't carry cash. Mm -hmm. I only use a card. She's like, you have that card. And I said, yes. But you know where money comes from on the card? No. I said that card is connected. It's a debit card, first of all, not a credit card. Mm -hmm. It's a debit card and it's connected to my bank account. And I have to have money in the bank account to be able to use this card. She thinks the card is like magical. <laughs> you know, you, you just <clears throat> give somebody the card. And I've already had this conversation with her at the age of six. Where does the money come from the card? She had no clue. And when I told her it's from a bank account, well, she doesn't even know what a bank is. <laughs> She's like, a bank account? I said, yes, that's a place where people keep money. And do you know how the money gets into the bank? No, mommy, I have to work. That's why when mommy gets up and she does her talk show, she does this, she does that. You, you, all she know, okay, man, Ma Road. She, she, read no, she thinks she knows a little bit about Ma Road. I said, that's work. Mom has to work in order for money to go to the bank that I can then use my card. And there's only so much money 
that is accessible at the bank. It's not a limitless amount. So if mommy says no, that's not in the budget, then that is what it is. I'm trying to teach her the connection because in her little brain, she's already like, oh, you only need a card. And I said, well, what, what is the card attached to? This woman goes on to say, my oldest is working, getting paid. So he'll be contributing to the vacation this time. And my first car was a Nissan Skyline. Ooh, that sounds like a fancy car. Used car. My 16-year-old son went on a short trip to Miami without me as security. He had his pocket money, managed his spending, and even brought money home. Was so proud of him. And then somebody was saying, Charmaine has a child for Emil Small. I knew it was one of those brothers. I was, I was picturing them, but couldn't quite remember the name. Um, and they said that Charmaine was a mega. Oops, let me get my little sensor. <laughs> she can't help herself from, from day one. She can't help herself. Not even to this situation uh, with Canova has humbled her. Just because she got off doesn't mean that she's innocent. Ooh, honey, chill. Ah. Oh, y'all, something else. Mm. Here, this one now. Wondering if Charmaine and Samantha are friends. <laughs> y'all are so bad. Because looks like she's hiring up all of the H, all there at HSA is family friends. The Douglas family friend, family members, which Douglas family members? Because uh, when she was at immigration, she hired one of them there and that had a previous conviction. Who the hell are the Douglases? I, 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 you you gonna fill me in some more, honey? Yeah, I'm lost in that one. Uh -uh. <laughs> um, this person says stick to the one girl. I did. <laughs> yes, the show should be back up now, folks. I don't know what's going on, on Facebook. Um. Ay ay ay, hot mess. Uh, morning, Sandy. It's so good that the Savannah Newlands is having these money management courses that should be done by all other constituencies. Yes, let me let me do a little shameless plug for Wayne Panton uh, this morning. His community, um, you know, he's got, um, and I know that he's paying for this for the community. They've done money management recently. They did the planting, um, tree planting. They brought in people from the Department of Agriculture to run that course for them. Um, what else have they done? They did a nutrition one as well. Nutrition and healthy eating, I think was the last one that they did. So, you know, if you live in Savannah, Newlands, um, you have access to these courses by all means, get out there and take advantage of it. Speaking of taking advantage, let me, let me tell y'all about, uh, what you need to be taking advantage of. Taste the Cayman is right around the corner, folks. Um, less than what's today's day, April, less than a month away now. So, um, coming up fast and furious. Get your tickets, folks. There's a number of ticket venues that um, you can get your tickets at. But what they're really trying to encourage people to do at this particular time is enter, get registered for the different competitions that they're having. So you guys know that they have a heavy cake competition, um, a Cayman beef competition, best cassava cake. So they're asking for anyone who is interested in participating in these things to so please reach out by email, taste at tower.com.ky, or you can call them at 623-6700. You'll get all the relevant information of what is required. Um, so they're gonna do a Cayman style beef and heavy cake competition. 
and you can sign up and they say, prepare your best version of those dishes in order to see who will be crowned champion and win prizes. I'm tempted to enter my dessert, except I don't know if it's really a heavy cake. Like it's not a cassava cake. Um, is custard top considered a, a heavy cake? I don't know. If it is, I might enter myself. Put my hands in there and see what what's what. Um, but then y'all y'all want, want me to cook all the time if y'all know how good I can cook. So um, they're also going to have a section called um, All Things Cayman, which will allow you to experience all the beautiful sounds of Cayman. There's going to be vibrant performing arts, cultural activities at the All, time, all Things Cayman booth, which is being sponsored by the Ministry of Sports, Youth, Culture, and Heritage. And it really is going to bring a really unique element of entertainment to the um, island, the Taste of Cayman event. So they're going to have K-pop, Red Bay Primary School is going to be performing, the Cayman Youth Choir, uh, Dream Chasers Cayman, and the Cayman Islands Folk Singers as well. So you get access to that um, when you purchase your Taste of Cayman tickets, general admission tickets, and they also have VIP tickets. So as we start to gear up, a little bit closer to the date, you guys will be hearing more about the venue and how it's going to work. We're probably going to do a tour, like a pre-tour of the venue and stuff as well. So listen, yesterday, um, for the last couple of days, some of y'all may have noticed that there has actually been a, um, uh, what's it called? Helico um, hurricane hunter um, helicopter here. So I'm um, very, very pleased to say that, uh, you know, yesterday I actually went to the CUC. Um, I'm going to talk about that here in a second, but I went to the CUC Women in Energy Conference. And so I had videographer Jean go to this event and it was really, really um, well attended. But essentially you got to, um, to tour the helicopter and I've got some video footage here. I'm just trying to pull up to show you guys. Mm -hmm this along with some photos. Pretty cool um, to be able to, I mean, I think this stuff is awesome. And I love mm -hmm. when we have the opportunity to see things like a hurricane hunter plane up close, right? The funny thing is, is on um, our way to, or on my way to the, the um, Women in Energy Conference at, uh, at, that was at the Marriott, I actually saw Cayman so small I got to see the um, Hurricane Hunter pilot. I think one of the data um, analysts or whatever she is, they were actually staying at the Marriott. So the government vehicle was there um, picking them up to then take them to the venue. And I think kids got to um, explore this as well. So I'm going to show you guys some pictures. This is fantastic. Like these are the types of things that children, you know, can get to experience the RCIPS had a little booth out there by the airport. Um, they got to tour the plane. I, I just love this for our children. It exposes them to stuff. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was young, elementary school, middle school, and even high school, some of my most fond memories were a lot of the trips that I got to, um, a lot of the school trips that I got to take because I got to go canoeing, go to, to see the manatees, like all this stuff that your parents might not necessarily take you on as a child, but through school programs and extracurricular activities, you get to explore the world around you a little bit more 
and you get to see these things. So I think, uh, I mean, I love me a school trip, honey gel. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, school trip time again. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, so encourage your children to embrace these. These will be fond memories when they become an adult of what they have to look forward to. So I'm going to show you guys some of these pictures here in a second. I'm just saving them really quickly. Um, choo -choo -choo -choo. Yeah, but this is, this is fun stuff. And so I love to see that children were out there. Big shout out to Gene. Um, he got these pictures all sorted out for me. And it's amazing to see this aircraft. I mean, it is like, wow, this is a beautiful aircraft as aircrafts go. Um, and you know, your kids might have dreams of one day um, flying one of these aircraft. So hold on now. Let me show y'all what, what they look like. And you guys can see by yourselves what some of our young people are up to yesterday. Um, oops. Uh, hold on, hold on. I don't want to select more than I need. Hold on. So I'm starting here. I'm going to here. And there we go. All right. So here we go. You guys can have a look. So this is the pilot. There he is. Um, and look, look at that plane. Wow. U.S. Air Force. So I know somebody called me the day before. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on? I'm scared. And I'm like, scared of what? I saw the hurricane plane and because we were getting a little bit of rain as well. They're wondering if we were getting a hurricane. I was like, no, not yet. Don't wish that on us. <laughs> but, you know, hurricanes can happen out of season. So they weren't sure. This lady, I'm told, is the, um, hold on, let me tell you what her position was. She is, um, mm -hmm. she's a data collector. So the guy is the pilot and she's a data collector. They both uh, get on the plane, obviously. Uh, these are some young people out there um, speaking to hazard management came in. Yep. So they can get to see and learn about this. And look at that. Wow. What a beauty. There we go. Speaking of hazard management, police are out there as well. Um, the regiment, you know, they get to learn a little bit about the regiment. They can see, I mean, kids love this kind of stuff. Didn't you love this stuff as a kid where you got to see like, oh my gosh, you know, what's the regiment? You get to learn about it. You get to see their equipment, their saws. The little boys love power tools. Sometimes Some girls love power tools too. And, um, you know, RCIPS had a little booth there so you can learn about what the RCIPS does and who they are and the different jobs within these various organizations. So I think this was fantastic. We have a little video clip here. Let's watch this now. My name is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Patuk. I'm the commander of the 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron out of Biloxi, Mississippi, Keesler Air Force Base, also known as the Hurricane Hunters. We don't really hunt the hurricanes. The satellites tell us where they are, and then we are dispatched to fly into the storms to get the, all the weather data that lets us know what the storm is doing. It can be scary at times. The storms are unpredictable, and the weather can be quite violent. Lots of lightning and hail and turbulence. 
Well, in the storm is the best place to find out what the storm's doing. And inside the storm is when we can find out where it's going and whether or not it's gonna affect your island and whether or not you and your parents should evacuate. We get some additional training for flying into the storm with this particular airframe, but it's minimal in terms of um, the actual difference in pilots. Maybe we're not as smart because we'll fly into them and the other guys all fly around them. So we get special rules that allow us into the storm that no one else would go into. My name is Major Sonia Walker. I am an aerial reconnaissance weather officer with the 53rd Weather Reconnaissance Squadron. The Hurricane Hunter flies into hurricanes. We collect multiple types of information. Our big four are temperature, relative humidity, pressure, and wind. And we do that by flying what we call an alpha pattern, which is uh, really like an X pattern. Uh, we go through the storm at least twice on an alpha pattern. And we, uh, along with dropping instruments called drop sons, uh, we also collect data just as we're flying across in the air. The information that we provide uh, helps to assist in the track forecast. So sometimes the forecast models might be saying that the storm is traveling due north. Uh, what we can provide is as we're tracking the storm, we can say, well, maybe it's veering a little bit to the left or maybe it's going a little bit to the right. Maybe it's going faster or slower than what the forecast was anticipating. my workstation. This is the weather officer's location uh, and this is our pallet and from here we have a computer screen that allows us to see all of the data that we collect um, and from here we can also send this off via satellite communications to the National Hurricane Center in Miami. Uh, this instrument here, this is our heads-up display. This allows us to see the radar, uh, that the pilot and the co-pilot and the navigator see up front and allows us to communicate looking at the same exact picture as we're flying through the storms. Uh, this is our satellite communications uh, console, just allows us to turn it on. And this here, this is our, uh, our communications console. So this is how we talk through the airplane to each other and we communicate uh, as we're in day-to-day -day operations, uh, whether we are ready to do a task, ready to take off, or uh, whether I am commanding a release of a drop sound instrument, this is the thing that allows us to communicate with each other inside the aircraft. All right, folks. So that was that uh, super interesting there. Um, again, that really, um, you know, great uh, video. Thank you, Jean, for that. Showing us a little bit about the plane and, um, you know, what it looks like on the inside. I've never seen one. It looks pretty amazing to me. So there you go. He got to do that and show us a little bit of, um, of, of video and stuff from that. Do a little bit of interviews with the data collector as well as the pilot. So really, really awesome. 
Um, listen, when I see technology like that, there's a lot of technology packed into that plane. Believe you me. Did I get it right this time? I always reverse it. Somebody told me the other day, you say it the wrong way around. Is it believe you me or believe me you? I think it's believe you me. Mel, did I get it right today? <laughs> anyway, um, it's believe you me. Yes. Got it right this time, honey chill. Even an old dog can learn a few new tricks. Um, so it, it's that's amazing. Amazing what they do. And they go in there to collect data on storms so we can know whether it's a hurricane force one or a five like Ivan. And we need it all pack up and, and run away from here. Um, very, very valuable role that they play. So thanks to you know all the hardworking people who put their lives in danger every single day to be able to protect other people and to give us useful information that we require. So uh, speaking of technology, I want to talk about CUC for a second here. Um, during the Easter weekend, uh, we had family visiting. I haven't shared with you guys what I did over the Easter weekend. It'll come, child, in bits and pieces. But um, my brother-in-law works for a... Uh, he works for a plant, a big plant. Let me just put it this way in Jamaica. And so he's always interested in certain things, right? So the first day he was here, he was asking me about like our utility um, company and, you know, where's the plant and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Let me reach out to them and see if we can get a tour of the plant. He's like, oh, this is awesome. So I took my in-laws. Um, it's my brother-in-law, aunt, um, which is his aunt and her husband, we all went and we toured the CUC plant. I've never taken a tour of the CUC plant before. It never occurred to me, to be honest. And I must tell you, I learned a thing or two. First of all, everybody should take a tour of the plant. Now, I know CUC going to be like, Sandy, we are going to kick you in the backside for making that recommendation. It makes you appreciate what we are paying for. Y'all just flip a switch. You don't think about it. You don't think about how that works, where the power comes from, how they're producing power. None of that is your concern. All you know is if you flip the switch and not on, you're going to be messaging Mauro that the power's out. Yeah? But I'm telling you guys, it is ama amazing to see the infrastructure that they have, the infrastructure improvements a lot of the, the profits and the money that CUC is making, they turn around and they put it back. They reinvest it into more equipment, better equipment, into staff. And I was just like, the entire tour of the plant, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, do you think about how the fuel is handled? The big fuel tank? I, I pass there all the time. And I don't even look at that section of CUC. It's all right there. But to get an inside look, we're going to do a tour one day where we can actually do some, some video and stuff. But amazing. I, I was like, wow, blown away. And then we went into the control center. <gasps> Y'all got to see that. All high tech and fancy. And I mean, they know when they're like outages down to minute location and they're improving the technology that allows them to pinpoint it. Like if a particular circuit is offline, listen to me. It's a whole, I don't understand it all. I'm not going to pretend now like I'm some CUC engineer, 
But what I do know is what they do is an amazing feat. No, no, no kidding. I was just like, what on earth? You know, they've got engineers, they've got technicians in the control room that has to be manned 24 seven by multiple people. When my brother-in-law went in there, now I knew he saw some technology, honey child, that he had never seen in his life because he's like, oh my God, can I take a picture? And they're like, no, 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 no. You know, we got to control safety for, you know, we don't want to bother trying to target CUZ now. Um, But I was just like, wow. And efficiency, um, you know, buying newer equipment that will that will allow them to be more energy efficient themselves, which will pass on cost savings and they don't have to spend as much with certain things, uh, friendlier with the environment. I mean, it, we, we need to get a full explanation of it because I know I'm not doing it any justice. But I was just like, whoa, this is pretty cool. This is like amazing. Uh, talked about the lessons that they've learned. So like one area of the control room, like they've expanded it and they've added onto it and how they elevated um, it even further than it was before. Cause you know, it's so many feet above sea level, but because of Ivan, they learned a couple of things. And so the new addition, which was built post Ivan was elevated even higher. And I was like, uh-huh, that's a good lesson. Um, looking at the, the engines, you know, how many engines they've got power, and keep us all in power. It, it, I was just, listen, I was literally blown away. I was like, this is amazing to see. And I think everybody should see it because y'all would complain a little bit less if you appreciated what it is that they do. And you're not going to fully appreciate it because unless you're like an engineer, like some of the stuff you don't get, but you get a little bit of an understanding. All the safety precautions that they take um, to ensure that their staff, AKA your family members, or kept as safe as possible. Remember now, um, they're producing electricity 24 seven, 365 pretty much, right? And you don't hear about anybody at CUC getting in these, you know, um, um, industrial accidents or workplace related accidents. I mean, they really go out of their way to keep their products safe, to keep their staff safe, to keep consumers safe, and to still provide us with electricity most of the time. So, um, Everton says, yep, consists of huge transformers and turbine generator uh, to generate power. We get our electricity from Niagara Falls because that's uh, the way it's set up here. And the water works with the water, the power generators. I mean, it's just amazing to see. Um, Aliano says they better be high tech and up to par with all the money they're taking. Aliano, like I said, when you go see it for yourself, you would appreciate uh, really the cost of managing and running an organization like that and still being the most reliable in the region and one of the best in the world. They're, they're first world countries that don't have the kind of operations that CUC has and don't put contingency plans in place in terms of like the power lines and, you know, anticipating what might, what might be happening with hurricane seasons. And uh-uh. I think you need to go see it. Um, Miss Lucille is asking if I do a cassava cake, will I bring some child? I've never baked a cassava cake in my life and I probably never will. I don't really like cassava like that in any form, not even a cassava cake. And y'all know I love me a cake, but I just don't like cassava. It's too stringy and sticky for me, to be honest. I'm just not a cassava person. The only thing I've ever really liked, I don't eat raw cassava. I can't stand cassava. I've had cassava dumplings and they were good because they had Cayman saw beef on top of them. <laughs> so I figure any dumpling that Cayman saw beef, can't, you can't go wrong. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm not a cassava person, so I don't think I'll ever even try to make a cassava cake. Yeah. I'll make my other cake for you. I think you like it. So listen, in addition to that, um, yesterday morning, um, CUC had um, their 2023 uh, Women in Energy Conference. And um, I must tell you that it was well attended. I was able to go for a number of hours and it was an amazing event. I really enjoyed it. Um, let me see if I can grab, oh, I've got some footage. I gotta show y'all something. You guys are gonna love this. So it was a really, really good event. The guest speaker was amazing from Barbados. She's um, an ambassador there from Barbados. We'll get, we're actually gonna hopefully get the full, um, the full like uh, video of her speech and I'm gonna play it on the show for you guys. But I have to tell you that I quite enjoyed um, being there and they did something that was really, really exciting. So first of all, you know, women in certain fields is still an emerging situation. Uh, you know, female engineers, females in the energy field, there's, I mean, it's growing, but there's still a lot of room for women to be included in that space. And I really hope that we start to embrace, quite frankly, uh, women in these spaces and encourage our young girls in particular. I was really tickled pink to see two young girls um, who were there from the university college and they, they're engineering uh, students. And so they um, were able to attend the conference. They were able to attend the event. And uh, the motivational speaker, the, the um, ambassador from Barbados, amazing. I was, I was like ready to tackle the world after I heard her speech, honey child. I was like, yes, I feel empowered. Whew, I love me a, a good empowering speech. She's like, run for the stars. I was like, oh yes, I can run. Run towards those 50 pounds I need to lose. Ooh, I felt like I could just take on the world yesterday after hearing her speech. And that's what these speakers do, right? So motivating. Um, but she talked a lot about the importance of having women involved in the space of energy. She's, she's like, you know, imagine having um, a solar company owned by a woman. I was like, mm, imagine the possibilities. Anything is possible. I love seeing Miss Pat um, and so many other women there who, you know, I haven't seen in a long time. It was just, it felt so good. Female empowerment. Obviously there were some guys there as well. Um, now let me tell you something. I go to conferences on occasion. And there's some conferences that will bore you to death. And there are some conferences that are just entertaining and a lot of fun. And I must say a shot, big shout out um, to Ms. Pat and uh, the entire team, Pat Benoy and her entire team who put this conference together over at CUC, because I must say that they did an amazing job of organizing it and thinking about different elements of it and stuff as well that really made it fun. So one of the fun things that they did is, you know, after lunch, um, so they'll have like coffee breaks and they do like morning, like when you have an 8.30 conference girl, you gotta get there early. And of course I didn't get there for 8.30, but they had like, you know, um, a coffee and, and whatever, um, croissants and whatever in the morning. And then they took a sort of mid-morning coffee break. And then you have lunch. And this, is all, this happens all the time after conference. Lunchtime, you eat and you've been sitting down, your energy goes bloop. 
honey, you, oh God, you can't, you can't move. Y'all know the itis, you know, the itis that sits in after you have a good lunch and all of a sudden you can't move. And you know, the recommendation is, oh, go for a nice power walk after you've had lunch. Nobody be thinking about that. You'd be sitting there like, oh God, let me just try not to fall asleep. And you know, you, although the speeches still be good, you'd be dozing off. Well, let me tell you what CUC did yesterday. I absolutely loved this idea. I don't know whose idea this was, but it was so much fun. So they actually had a um, Zoom, a Zoom, a Zumba segment after lunch. Y'all heard me. They made people get up and move and dance after lunch. I was like, ah, this is a fantastic idea because it really got the blood moving, helped that food digest just a little bit. And listen, I was kind of chuckling and I'm going to show you guys some footage here in a second. I was chuckling a little bit at um, some people really getting into it. And I'm like, you know, carnival is right around the corner now. And they were like, oh my gosh, they were, mm, they're getting carnival ready. They were whining and mm. this and that, let's soak music, whatever. I was like, I hear you then. Um, so I think a lot of them are ready for carnival already. They don't have to do much. But I thought that that was actually a really um, innovative idea. First time I've ever mm. seen something like that at a conference and I loved it. I thought it was uh, a good way to just energize um, the participants for the afternoon session. And then they had a panel um, discussion afterwards, um, and I got to see some of that. But big shout out to CUC. This is the second time that they put on this Women in Energy conference. Like I said, I'm going to bring, um, let me show you guys some of the videos. I was just downloading it from my phone. But I'm going to bring you guys some of the, um, the speeches, and in particular, um, the guest speaker, because she was, like I said, um, just so incredibly inspiring to listen to. And really just letting you know, as women, um, like, you know, somebody was saying yesterday, if you see a woman reach the top, you know that she probably had to work twice as hard as her counterparts in order to get there, which is true. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, hats off to um, women who are movers and shakers in industries, and especially in industries that, you know, it's not always easy. Um it's not always easy to get into because, you know, you're an engineer and you're in charge of a team of men. That is no easy feat. That's no easy situation. So have a look at this Zoom session, folks, because uh, this was so much fun. Zumba. Uh-huh. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Yes. Thank you. Yes, Zumba time, honey. Get up and move. And some people kicked off their shoes. There, there's a lady from Barbados. Yes, honey child. Pick their shoes off and start to move. Plastic tree came animals there. <laughs> Come on, Ben. Get off that phone and start moving. 
because we want everybody's energized into the so, afternoon oh yeah, session. And when they thought they were done, some university students like, over here, they're really into it. We're not done. Fantastic. How are you? How are you? Good. She, uh, yeah. The, the really had them moving. Yes. Look at them. Go get it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> that one, she was, she was rubbing her belly. Like, she's like, okay. This baby soon coming out. I've had enough pains in them. Oh, wow. Woo. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're squatting it out, honey, chill. I know some of these uh, ladies today are waking up with a little bit of soreness because trust me, if you haven't done squats in a while and you start, uh, even though it's fun in the moment, you're going to feel it in those quads and stuff tomorrow or today. Um, so big shout out to CUC. It was a great event. Um, congratulations on hosting another successful women in energy event. Like I said, we'll get the footage, um, hopefully by next week and we'll be able to, um, share some of that with you all, but yeah, it was a well attended event and, uh, quite enjoyable as well. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Look at that. Nice. And, and they had some good desserts. Um, I just had soup and salad because I was supposed to meet up with a client later on that I knew food was going to be involved. So I was like, Ugh, let me not overeat today. So they had some nice ginger pumpkin soup. So I had a little bit of that and I had a little bit of uh, cucumber, lettuce and tomatoes, which was delicious. And I had to sneak in a little bit of dessert. Oh, the dessert was good, honey chill. All right. So you see, keep it up, honey chill. We watching you. Um, El Ray says, if you're not used to them squats, the engine check light will come on real quick. <laughs> I'm telling you, Woo. in the mornings, you know what I started doing this week? Cause I got to get moving here shortly is I started doing some like morning stretches and stuff. And I'm doing it in the shower. Like when you have a nice hot water running on you. And so I've been doing some leg lifts and some, uh, not really squats, but just like leg lifts and, um, stuff in the shower. And yes, honey. Even to me this morning, woke up and felt a little difference, a little soreness where I hadn't been feeling it before. But we gotta, we gotta keep limber and and get the body moving because, as they say, a body in motion stays in motion. The key is not to stop. All right, uh, beautiful. So let's talk a little bit now about some scammers because, honey, they're everywhere. Uh, beach vendor. Let let me talk about this for a second, and then we'll talk about the scammers. I know Jim says, don't slip in the shower now. I know, right? Nothing too, nothing quite crazy like that. Um, but listen, yesterday afternoon, we got wind of um, an incident that happened at the beach in the morning. This is really, really serious. I'm quite concerned about this, in fact. Of a Caymanian who they say is a rogue vendor. He's out there without any permission at all, no licensing, nothing. Um, selling stuff that he's not supposed to be selling on the beach. We need to control, we need to get a hold of this beach vendor situation because... This is an example of where it can quickly go wrong and it's going to get out of hand. So he's out there um, getting himself in trouble and doing the, the most 
when he shouldn't be and ended up stabbing a guy. I mean, my sources said he was trying to cut the guy's throat. I was like, what the hell? Who does that? This is what happens when you don't have any control over the situation. You got all these crazy people out there feeling like they can do whatever they want. And so, yes, good people, this man is out there acting a proper fool. My God, how do you, how do you do this? Anyway, I understand that the victim uh, being a Jamaican guy was then in surgery yesterday afternoon. People are afraid on the beach, taxi drivers, beach vend other beach vendors, um, even tourists are fearful now. Uh, they say this guy has mental health issues. The police haven't mentioned it yet, so we don't know if he's arrested or what's going on with him. But people are saying, listen, there has to be some control and restrictions on who is permitted on the beach. And the RCIPS needs to be out there doing some patrolling. Now, isn't this a sad situation? There's a time when you could go to the beach and kick up your feet and relax and, and not have to have the police breathing down your neck and walk around, with, you know, uh, toting big guns and whatever. Are we now at the stage where that's going to disappear? You can't even go to the beach and enjoy an afternoon without seeing a police officer because you got crazy people like this around the place, stabbing up people and chopping up people? Hmm. No, sir. Mm -mm. This is horrible. I can't believe it. Um, We'll keep you guys updated because we don't have a whole lot of information. Thankfully, it wasn't a fatal incident. But when you start trying to cut people in the throat, it... it it could very quickly become a fatal incident. So I'll uh, keep you guys updated and let you know as we know more about it, kind of what happens there. And um, it's it's scary. Man, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? A stabbing incident at, a public, at our public beach in Cayman between vendors? What next? Oh my gosh, madness. So this one says, no one was arrested yesterday. They were both selling alcohol and fighting over turf. You see what I'm telling you? Selling of alcohol on the beach uh, in that way is not permitted. So what the heck? You see? And the other thing that be going on at the beach is they be selling marijuana. Some of these people got there because I've smelt it before and I've called the police when I can. So, so y'all need to have send some patrols out here. You can smell it, oh, by the bathroom to be approaching tourists about, oh, would you like to buy some marijuana or some this or whatever? Now they, they add an alcohol to the list. Um, you know, just absolutely ridiculous. It's like, come on now. We can't be having this stuff on our public beaches. So rein it in, rein it in. I don't know whose uh, who's responsibility it is. Um, but but rein it in, folks. Mm-mm-mm. Um, so somebody sent something that Ms. Julie Hunter's organizing called Languages of Love, uh, is part of the women's ministry, um, there in, in West Bay. And it's going to be April the 22nd at the Georgetown Yacht Club. You can get tickets from her. Thank you for sharing. Um, they also said that West Bay seniors have exercise classes at John Gray Church Hall Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Oh, good. So if you're in West Bay and you're a senior, please um, check that out. Big shout out to Miss Romelia and her um, group. 
oh Lord, she can't kill me now for not remembering the name. Cayman Kindness Committee, I believe is the name of it. And they do a lot of work with the Georgetowners as well. They're actually taking them to the BRAC for an upcoming little trip so that they can see, um, you know, these people in their 70s and 80s and stuff. They might not have seen the BRAC in a minute. So um, they're going to be taking them on a trip. And I'm pleased to say that CMR is in a position to sponsor the transportation for them. They've had tickets sponsored, accommodation sponsored, and they reached out and said the last thing they need sponsored is the transportation. So I went and looked at my budget, scraped a couple coins together, and we're going to um, assist with that. So big shout out to the Keyman uh, Kind Action Committee and the wonderful work that they're doing in particular with the seniors uh, to keep them entertained and, and having something to do and so on. So um, very, very good. All right, scammeration time. Oh God, this person said they're selling weed, cocaine, and fentanyl too. What? Oh no, sir. Oh my God. Mm -mm -mm. In relation to the HSA situation, someone said this. Um, they said in relation, y'all went and called Samantha's name now. Y'all get gonna get a beating over the head. Um, first of all, they want to clarify that Samantha, um, has final sign off for reviewing the full recruitment process, but she does not actually interview anyone that she, uh, like direct interviewing for anyone other than her own HR staff. Uh, she, uh, um, source says that she's never hired any of her friends that work at HSA or any other job recruitment for interviews are done. And the section levels with the appropriate senior manager where three persons, um, part of the management team are on a panel relative to their section, for example, if it's finance or nursing. And um, HR gets audited on a regular basis to ensure compliance or any conflicts are put out there or addressed. It's important that everyone knows the HSA is trying to protect the integrity of the recruitment process and so doing so. Um, they've had many arguments and resistance, but the integrity of it is the most important thing. Mm, mm, mm. So they say no such thing. And they said this joke about her dating somebody um, uh, from over, over 30 years ago. Um, she had a boyfriend. That does not mean that she's still trying to take care of him and his family. Mm. What a hot mess. Um, anyway, it, it's, it's tough for sure when you're in an HR position without a doubt. I, I can imagine. Ooh, that's why I don't want them jobs. So good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Do you think you can, um, because I know you can get it done. Mm. <laughs> Do you think you can, um, ask the health and wellness, um, police there, HSE to, write a little bit with um the athletics association talking about um nepotism the health the health and wellness committee yeah who who who's that committee that's i gotta look into that them. that would be anybody working in health and wellness and hr and, and we're speaking hr right now oh. because i do believe that the athletics association needs um a few pointers and a little guidance well, not, no, they don't, they don't need the a organization. They don't need a few pointers and guidance. They need to get the hell out. They need to be gone. But, and they, you know, they, they, think, they think that we we have dropped the point, you know, but 
No, he's on cam. Um, you know, when I heard that, I said, well, you know, where where was the person that, you know, supposed to oversee all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. policy making and all that kind of stuff. And, but, you know, the Athletics Association seemed to have missed the memo, as they say nowadays, because I, what I hear is going on is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of nepotism, mm-hmm. husband and wife, siblings, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe you all could um well we'll we'll get some information. Get something good. You know, I don't I don't want to throw um any sort of disparaging remarks until we've had an opportunity to investigate. Obviously, people think some funny business is going on. And I think the best way to address a lot of these things is head on. You know, explain to people how the recruitment process works. And I tell this to these agencies, even private sector, right? Um, whether it's the DART organization, whether it's a government HR department or, you know, um, eight, um, what do they call them? SGs, the, um, authorities and whatever. There is no, there's nothing wrong with explaining to people, the general public, how you do your recruitment, share that information. Because the the more people, yes, the more people know and the more people understand and the more transparent the process is you know, the more likely they are to be like, oh, okay, now that I understand that this is how it works, what might on the face of it appear to be nepotism may not be. Let's be very honest, Miss Charlene. K-Man is very small. Yeah, I know. And I want K-Man to have a decent job, upward mobility afforded and recorded. Right? Yep. So, you know, you can't always assume. It, it reminds me of when I went to work at Maples and Calder. I had a sister working there. And there was no nepotism involved. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, but it's always under their wing and there are still questions that are asked about nepotism when you fill in an application form and doing, you know, the the, 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 the drive-throughs with the information. But don't see in like in the case of, you know, the, the little board that I just spoke about mm-hmm. or the little association, don't, don't look like too much was asked about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, it is it, just one trip up after a next. Yeah. And, and we got our foot in a lot of dirty water right now. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that, you know, somebody should, we, and, and for these people to come out at HSA and say, well, this is what we do and how we do it and how we don't do it. Mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. all one government organization at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Take, you, you, you can take a pointer from somebody else that is getting it right. Yeah, because in my mind, they, 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 the other, the other association just got it wrong, all mm-hmm, wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, that's just my little bit. Mm, thank you so much. All right, okay, um, John Larue says our helper has a booth on the public beach. She says that this guy is a menace and crazy. Alcohol and weed being sold by Caymanians who feel entitled and above the law, and they don't give a you know what. Uh, John, I keep hearing the same thing too, and um, we need to clean it up. Criminals are going to be criminals and they're going to take advantage of situations. And if there's slackness going on at the beach, um, whether he has mental health issues or he's just a menace to society, whatever the situation is, uh, he thinks that he can go on a public beach and sell um, drugs and sell alcohol without the proper license. You know, that, that cannot be permitted. And so the authorities that are responsible for the management of the beach, including the RCIPS and um, what's the commission called? Um, the one that's supposed to be cleaning up the beach. Y'all need to hurry up. Expedite the situation. 
because yesterday has simply highlighted how incredibly dangerous this is when you have rogue individuals um, all over the place. Yeah? Especially in public places with tourists and Caymanians and everybody else being exposed to the dangers of this situation. All right. Um, hot, hot mess. <laughs> Somebody said, that's funny. All right, so let's call um, our friend here. He's been trying to get on the program for a minute to share with us the latest scammer who's been taking money from hardworking people. So um, let me see here. Oh, let me see. Uh huh. Okay, we're gonna give him a call. And I think he sent us some. Um, I think he sent us some voice notes, but child, I got to be careful playing these voice notes and stuff because y'all be using profanity and be getting me in trouble for it. So I have to preview everything now. I had no idea that the mother from the Brack. dialed is temporarily. Oh, gosh. Sorry, I've dialed the wrong number. I can't believe that mother from the Brack was using that kind of foul language the other day. I didn't expect that. I didn't preview it. I listened to the first little bit. And I thought, oh, okay, let's listen to it together so we can try to make sense of it. And she was dropping every you-know-what bomb in the house. I was like, oh, girl, you got a potty mouth. Mm -mm. So the situation here is a man was trying to buy a vehicle. He probably out here trying to hustle and do some work. All right. So, I'm sorry, but the person you have called is unavailable. Please. All right. So he um, tried to purchase a vehicle. Let me see now. From this guy, a Honda Fit, no less. Um, so we're going to call him. Let's call him next. Let's see if we can get a hold of him. So we have the receipt book and everything. The guy paid in full and can't get his car. So let's give this young man a call to see what the situation is. have reached the voicemail box. Oh. All right. He's not answering. Um, let me see here now. And by the way, he has done this to um, several people. Um, here's another one saying that he tell person he had a car selling and you go make a down payment on it. But when it's time to sign over the car, he comes up with pure excuses. Please be aware of him. He's a thief. His license plate is so-and-so. So, -and -so. so um, let's see if we can, let's see now if we can get him. Um, we, we have his, we have his number here, you know, but these, these crooks, honey, they'd be hiding out. And so this one looks like he's running the equivalent of the same scam that Judith, Judith was running, where you're trying to sell the same thing or rent the same thing to multiple people. And so, sir, you're now in our radar, and I hate to tell you, but you're going to be reported to the police as well. 
because you can't be doing this stuff to hardworking people. No, honey chill. That's called theft and obtaining property by deception. Because if you tell people you have a car to sell, um, then you should have a car to sell. And there shouldn't be there shouldn't be any excuses why uh, you don't have the vehicle. And you shouldn't you shouldn't be trying to sell the same vehicle to multiple people. Like when you're having to do that, that, that that's fraud. Yeah, that's straight up fraud. All right, let's call him on WhatsApp because some of y'all don't answer the phone otherwise if it's not WhatsApp calling. Hello, good morning, Mr. Keith Barnes. Good, Sandra Hill here, how are you? Good. Uh, listen, I'm calling on behalf of several people. You're on radio, by the way, to be very transparent. I've had two people, at least two people reach out to me now saying that you're trying to, or you're pretending to be selling a vehicle, take their money, and then you actually um, never, never sell the vehicle. Can you tell us, can you tell us? Two people. Uh-huh. But the one person that I was selling the vehicle to, mm -hmm. there was a bit of some complications. I explained it to the person. He, 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 he took upon himself. Madness, apparently. I'm sorry, you, 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 were break, you were breaking up. You said you took, he took it upon himself to do what? Can you... Can, can you call me straight? Because it's probably the, the connection with the Wi-Fi. Yes, I can call you straight. Calling you right now. All right. We want to hear the story. Hopefully he can answer now if I call him straight, because you know, they don't want to be answering the phone. I want to call him straight. Yes, sir, Mr. Keith. Hello? Oh, your connection, what you sound like you in a tunnel. No, I'm actually but I don't know if it's probably dropping or something. Can you just call me back in a few minutes? Let me see if I can find a designated area that can actually talk to you. Okay. All right, dear. All right. Okay. Not a problem. Just call me back. Okay. Give me about 15, 20 minutes. Oh, I don't know if we have that much time, though. We're about to wrap up the show. Oh, well, you, could, you could still call me and I can still discuss it to you and we can get it sorted out if anything is on the show. All right, my dear. All right. Thank you. Okay. Lord have mercy. There's always a story. Here's what we know. We know that we have um, a receipt said that this vehicle was paid in full. Uh, the person paid um, $3,000 to get this vehicle as is. And all now they can't get said vehicle. Folks, if you're selling something to somebody and you take their money, you have got to make sure that you deliver their goods. There is no excuse for why the man should not have his car. What, what's the complication? I'm curious to hear how this story really go. But here it is. The man paid selling a 2009 Honda Fit for $3,000 as is following um, parts, 
bumper, back bumper, back light, four brand new tires with the agreement of transfer of the car tomorrow morning. Everybody see that? It was supposed to have happened April the 5th and it hasn't happened. So there is no excuse for this. Someone paid you $3,000. That's a lot of money, hard earned money. You have got to pay people and give them whatever it is that they're paying for. What, what would be the possible excuse that would be acceptable here is what I'd like to know. All this time, you haven't had time to go do the transfer. You can give them, you can have a notary sign the document, give it to them and they can go and effect the transfer themselves. There is zero excuse for why this should be taken all this time. And so this guy is saying that he is being um, cheated out of his money and he wants to warn other people um, about what's going on. So let's let's listen to some of the voice notes. I don't think he's cursing. Oh God. But let's hear what he had to say. Yes, ma'am. It's Lorenzo, the guy who was talking to you today. He told me to send you the pictures. I have what? voice notes and stuff like that. Oh, I was like, why is really this? So this money from someone, you know. So mm. I really frustrated and stuff like that, ma'am. Mm. All know this guy tell me today he's gonna give me the money and he never gave me none of the money. Mm-mm-mm. So now he's claiming that he's going to refund the money back because you see, this is what happens. People don't have it. Remember what we were talking about earlier this morning? Sometimes when you don't have it, you just got to do without. Don't go borrowing money from people to buy something that you really can't afford because if you got to borrow money from people, that means you can't afford it. Because this is how you get mixed up into stuff with people. So now he's borrowed the money. Poor Lorenzo borrowed the money to pay Mr. Barnes and Mr. Barnes can't affect the transfer or whatever. Oh, he can't give you the money back. You should be giving him the full $3,000 in his hand immediately. There shouldn't be no, oh, I got to wait two weeks to get money back to pay you back. What you did with the man money? He has the car. He, he was supposed to get the car. Now it's a whole bunch of bad man argument. He has the car. You understand? Yeah, I'm a small businessman. I have a business license and everything. Mm-hmm. I own LNA mobile car, um, LNA car rental. Mm-hmm. And this man is like giving me the runaround. I have one child to feed. You know, I want to know what's this man, if he's going to give me back my money or he's going to give me the car, what's he's going to do? Because mm-hmm. he's been doing it to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not me alone, he did it to. You see what I'm telling you? And every you? day he got tell, he telling me, say, oh, he got come out of his shares and his shares don't go that way. Shares? He got to go credit union to go get the money. The line was long. All sort of stuff, ma'am. I just desperately want about my money so I can run my business. Mm-mm. No problem. And I went to the police station and he told me, say, it's a civil matter. As usual. But this don't look like a civil matter to me, ma'am. Mm-hmm. He has the car. Seems like he don't want to give me back my money or needed a car. I would like to know what he's going to do. So um, th- then there's a, he sent this, yo, watcha, I got to run back your money because I honestly don't like liars. I'll get it in the, in the AM. As you know, ATM don't allow you to take out more than $1,000. 
Well, I don't know what ATM you're going to, sir, but you might want to get a new bank because you determine how much you're taking out. So let's hear these other voice notes. Oh, family, I am coming. No need to be calling. I'm coming. All right. I have a number. I can show you. I saw not the funds now, and I come into your brother. All right. Yeah, I lost signal on my phone, brother. Um, what you know? Uh, that funds make us meet by what part we met your that your father-in-law or your stepfather, whoever he was by government building, make us meet you tomorrow around 12 o'clock. Now have everything going at the same time. Like I said, bring her a seat and get that. So I can get that back in. Pass back on the funds here. So 12 o'clock tomorrow. Please don't call me late. I'm going to be there at 12. Okay. Yeah, what time you say a three grand flat, brother? I can't, I can't go to load that, boy. I'm running care from. Can't have no issues, no, 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 no engine trouble, no transmission trouble, nothing from car running. I want 35, but you tell me to say it's a, a try month, so I reckon you see him, you know? Best I could do is three grand, boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Miss Sandra, when mm-hmm. I could give you a talk, mm-hmm. can you give me a call, please, on my regular number? Because sometimes where is I don't have any internet. Uh-huh. I've been nice of you. Mom, you know I borrow, I borrow this money just to buy this car. Uh-huh. Boy, I really crying out loud, boy. I desperately need back that money. I borrow it. And I got to be paying the loan back for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Andrew, this is Lorenzo. No result yet from that guy. Uh-huh. And I get to find out he said he worked Hello. customs. Mr. Lorenzo? Yes, ma'am. Morning, morning. Sandra here. How are you? Yes, Miss Sandra. I was just bringing people up to speed with your situation. I just called um, Keith, and he claims that there was some mixed-up story, but then the, the connection wasn't good, and I must call him back in a little bit on the phone. Um, tell me, what, what's the latest that you have from him in terms of what's going on? No money, no nothing, ma'am. Some piece. Wow. His money is very, his mouth is very sweet in a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No money, no nothing. I'm calling him, he not answering me, nothing at all. I even make my friend try and get the money from him. Mm-hmm. He's not answering me, mom. Because one of the voice notes you sent, he was saying that um, he was going to meet you by government building. Whatever happened to that meeting? That done, that done for a long time, mom. He not give me no money, no nothing, mom. That boy mouth is too sweet, ma'am. Mm. I just being honest with you, ma'am. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you no lie because I'm looking on name or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he not gave me no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No money, no nothing, ma'am. Right now, I I have to be paying back my own debt. Mm, my God. Yeah. You know, he gave us a receipt. That's it. We calling him and not answering me, ma'am. Well, it's true, you know. He do he do this to everybody, and see how she might get away. Never get away. So, um, and you say he works for government? That why he said he works for government. That when he told one of my friends, but I know this type of person cannot work for government. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Let Let's see if we can get him on the phone. We were just talking to him, and he said the connection was ba- was bad to call him back. Let's see if we can call him back while you're on the phone and you can ask him, no profanity or anything, but just ask him kindly when you can get your money back. All right? Hold on one second. No problem, mom. All right, let's try it. Nine, uh, three, two, eight. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'm going to merge the calls here in a second. Once he picks up, if he picks up.
one second. Yeah, um, Mr. Barnes. Are you hearing me clear now, ma'am? Yes, ma'am. I can hear you much clearer. And I've got Lorenzo on the phone. Um, and Lorenzo's saying, listen, he just wants his money back. Well, how, listen, how can, how made, can we, how can we clear this agreement. up? Yes. Let's, let's put it this way. Yeah. I had, I had some dealings with credit union. And yes. I, I'm sure you bank with them too. So, you know, when you put money in shares, it takes, a, takes like a day or so to get it out. Well, I, I, I don't have, I don't, I don't deal with credit union, but I mean, okay. Okay, well, just, just get the message across. Tomorrow by 10 o'clock, we can have all this resolved. Tomorrow, so Friday, result. tomorrow morning by 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Lorenzo, are you happy to have this finally resolved tomorrow morning by 10 o'clock? No problem, ma'am. I just hope he just give me the money by, by 10 o'clock. All right. Um, so we have we have your word, Keith. We have your no word problem. now. Tomorrow morning at ten o'clock, this is going to be resolved. Yes. Thank you, Miss Sandra. All right, appreciate it. All right, uh, Lorenzo. Tomorrow morning by yes, ten o'clock. If he if he yes, don't yes. get you resolved by ten o'clock, you call me at ten fifteen before the show mm-hmm. end, and we got we got unfortunately have to post him and our scammer section of yes, the website. What happened is nobody not opening their mouth. Mm-hmm. You're going to credit union line. I have credit union account, right? Mm-hmm. You can go in your shares and just go there and get the money. I can show you right now, Miss Sandra, if you have any time. Mm-hmm. You understand me? He's been telling me lies on top of lies because I'm showing him to look. I want my money. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Yes. And and when so when when, when did this happen? Based on the um, based on the receipt. It looks like um, this was earlier in the month that you actually gave him the three thousand dollars. Yes, ma'am. But from look how long I've been giving this, they give, they be giving me the run around. Mm-hmm. I have people I need to be paid back. Yeah, just a run around, a run around, a run around. Oh my God! And you borrowed this money from a friend to be able to get this done. I borrowed this money. Oh my gosh! You understand? Yes. And this man giving me the run around. Right now, I gotta be paying all your all fees just to go and get this man. <clears throat> so sad. You understand me? And yes. I thought he was a person with class, but he's not. Hold on one second. We got a caller. I don't know if they have a question in relation to this, but one second. Um, we'll go ahead and merge the calls. Good morning, caller. You have a question or comment about this situation? Well, I have a comment. I don't, I don't know about his shares in credit union, but I got shares there. And once the money is in your account, you can go and get it right up. That's what I, I thought. Got, I, got, I got money. After, I bought from mine and my husband. So I don't know how his stuff is so different. Because once you have it there, you can get it right away. So I don't know about how to wait a day or two. And I'm going there today because uh, today's government paid in the money. When normally they don't have the money until afternoon, whatever. And I don't normally go to see him day pay day. I do got enough money then my shares and I need someone out the shares. I can get it if I go tomorrow too. So I don't understand mm-hmm. his situation. But how some people just got like a tongue and just crooked, like you were saying this morning, because I don't want to call in, but telling you, well, my kids are same brand kids. You were saying this morning that you shouldn't, because that was your father method, that anything they wanted, they were supposed to have from. They were little kids. You, I don't know if you know the brand Buster Brown and Hell Tex and all those. They, they were the name brands for the mm-hmm. days when my children were little and they were quality clothes. And I used to tell him, but he used to say anything they want, they had to get because you and I used to tell him, no, that's not the way to raise a child because sometimes mm-hmm. some kids, but it all depends. But so far, thank God, I got two 
and one is forty and one is thirty-three, and they're no thieves because I learn them. Because two things I hate is a thief and a liar. That's right, and and trust I me, don't lie and I don't they steal. they go hand in hand. You That's find somebody right. who will lie, they a thief, and, and, and then a thief is a murderer. Because oh. I can give you one little story. But, but, but save it um save it for me. I do need to start wrapping up. But let me get okay. back to Lorenzo. But thank you for the call. So that caller has oh. confirmed that she knows about credit union. She banks with credit union and it don't go and so my husband was the sixth person when credit union opened. Okay. His, his digit is three numbers. They had they, it opened with six people when Mr. Moncrief opened it. So I could tell you. Uh-huh. And that not been today that we've been there. So okay. I can tell you. So if anything changed, I don't know nothing about it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. All right. So, um, Mr. Lorenzo, then, um, you said that that's right. He's just been giving you a bag of excuses. Okay, Mom. So you see it for your own self. Mm-hmm. Miss mm-hmm. Angela, I, I don't need to make a name, you know, Mom. Mm-hmm. You see what happened? This man did this all the while to people. You get me? Mm-hmm. And I did, I did my private investigation and find out he did this to more than one people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, mom, it's 10 o'clock. I would have, I prefer him give it to you and I come and pick it up from you. Well, I don't get, I don't get involved in people mix up with no money, honey child. I don't even hold my own money. That's what I just no told you earlier. Mom. I only no, walk mom. around with a card. That's so why my daughter think a card is money. Because I don't walk around okay, with cash. No and I'm definitely not taking no $3,000 from nobody. Nobody. Not going to no rob problem. me for no $3,000. But listen here. He promised Thank you tomorrow you, morning at 10 o'clock. So no by 10.15, if you do not have your money, you call me, okay? No problem. I believe, Keith, he sounds like a smart enough young man. I think he has enough sense. To know now that CMR is on the job, the writing's on the wall. Yes, ma'am. And he shouldn't embarrass himself like this. Cayman is too small. That's what I was saying this morning. It's too small to mix up your name and your reputation with something called money. People need to stop being greedy. And if you're selling someone something and you don't have it to sell or whatever, listen, if you give me money today to purchase something for me and something happened, I can't get it from you. Simply give you your money back where the hell has the okay. money gone all right you're so right mom these people joking thank around you, people thank you all right lorenzo tomorrow by 10 yes, i feel confident he'll get it sorted out no problem, keep us posted yes mom okay there yeah oh yeah yeah these people i tell you it's it's the same thing that we started talking about from the onset of the show greed you cannot expect hard-working people to give you money for the purchase of something and then you don't deliver the goods it don't make no difference what it is if it's a car a piece of electronic a phone whatever you have got to be willing and able to hand over and transfer the property transfer the vehicle so somebody said they wonder if it has a lien on it I don't care if it has a lien or not. These are the things you have to sort out and think about before you take, it, it, it didn't take him long to take the $3,000 from the man, now did it? Give him a receipt and everything, y'all see the receipt book. Give the man the car or the money. 
And if you can't deliver the car for whatever reason, it doesn't matter, you refund his money. But it's the same thing these rental landlords and stuff are doing. They're taking people's money, spending it, spending the deposit money. When they have to refund it and give it back, they don't have it. You are not supposed to do that. Y'all are going to get yourselves in trouble. And if it's true that Keith is doing this to more than one person, Keith, yeah, get yourself in trouble. So have Lorenzo money tomorrow morning by 10 o'clock. That's all I can tell you, honey, chill. Don't mess up people in their money now, you know. Hmm. Mm-mm. Somebody else said he did it to Damien Macfield. Also, he's my cousin, but he's a crook. <laughs> bad, bad. Lord Jesus. They're bad when you're fat, when you know your own family crooked. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm trying to figure out. So I said, Sandy, where, where he from? Which barns is he family to? I don't know nothing but that. Um, I see the minister calling. I wonder if he believe I'm uh, off air. Minister, I'm still on the radio. Hello. I'm still on air, sir. All right, live on air. Okay. No, but listen, you have to call. You have to call the right number because people can't really hear you like this on my phone. So okay, nine nine three six Bobo nine three six two six two six. Okay. Cool. All righty. Yeah, it's best to call unless you're calling WhatsApp because then WhatsApp I can pull up on the computer and you guys can hear that. But when you call through the speakerphone and, you know, just call the right number. Um, All right. So um, Keith just paid a man his money. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody says I'm listening on the down low. I'm always listening, honey chair. Morning, minister. I'm assuming that's you. That is me. That I don't, is I don't have the number phone saved phone. in this other phone, so. <laughs> yes, sir. Good morning, to you. Good morning to you, listening audience. I'm, I'm calling you from the waterfront of the Kim Islands, looking at the beautiful ocean that we have mm-hmm. and the amazing tourism product that we have. Mm-hmm. I call and invite you personally, Sandra. Oh. Sandy, yeah, Sandy Hill. My public meeting tonight. And obviously everybody who is listening, your this your is this is my personal invitation. Down. Personal invitation. Yes, live on sir. live on air. All right. So come on down, as you know. The premier will be the queen of speaker, but I'll be giving a, a midterm update as to everything I've done so far over the last two years of being the representative for the mm-hmm. good people of Georgetown Central. Mm-hmm. I sent you some images just now showing the setup. And mm-hmm. I must say, what a beautiful location that Georgetown Central has. Yes. Um, and and, and the, the irony is that I am the Minister of Tourism, and uh-huh. we are the capital spot of the tourism product. So, yeah, where um, where exactly is this? Come sharing the pictures online. Where is where where out there is paved so nicely? Where is this? Um, this is right next to Royal Waterland, north of it. Oh, really? Um, okay. But, yeah, you know the, the there's a little um, restaurant called Sandbar. Um, oh, just yes. north of Royal Waterland, and there's a parking space in between. Uh-huh. They've had a few events there. Oh, before. they just the recently paved this. That's correct. Ah. Um, some of our listeners may remember it as, you know, a wholesome bakery was? Mm-hmm, right in front of wholesome yep. bakery, right there on the waterfront. In front of Diamonds International, right next to the Royal Waterloo. Yes. Okay, nice. It's a really nice, beautiful scene. You'll be overlooking the water. A nice paved area. You don't have to worry about grass or mall or anything like that. And, you know, we'll have food and refreshments. And mm-hmm. particularly for those Georgetown Central voters who come and sign up, you get a chance to win a free Cayman Bay ticket. Mm-hmm. which I must say publicly, I pay for it myself. It's not free to me as a minister because I know they will claim that soon. But mm-hmm. I paid for, I bought two tickets to give away to my constituents 
who, you know, mm-hmm. are going to come and, and listen to my report and my update. But mm-hmm. also, um, I'm really happy to have Sabrina Turner, who's going to be the second speaker, because she is uh, my colleague in Georgetown, particularly, although we're a part of government together. But, you know, we have, we, we both are representing Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So she's the, she's the second speaker right after me. Mm-hmm. And then every other minister will get to speak and the parliamentary secretaries, and then the premier will close it all up with a roundup of, of where we're at and, and some key points of what the government is doing mm-hmm. uh, before the SPS, which is a strategic policy statement, which will happen in parliament Wednesday next week. So this mm-hmm. is a teaser to that. Um, uh, mainly I will be the main speaker, obviously, because I'm, this meeting is about Georgetown Central and the Greater Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. So I'll be taking up most of the speaking time. But all of my members of the government, all the government members of PAC will be talking. Okay. So I encourage everybody to come out. It is not only, you don't want to What time does it start something. this evening? Seven o'clock sharp. This mm-hmm. isn't like the other political meetings that start. They say start at seven and then they start at eight. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to give literally two minutes of grace period. The MC was asked everybody to sit down at two minutes past seven. Mm-hmm. And we're getting the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. So... So somebody says um, they want you to talk about a few things today, um, but of course we know you preparing for the meeting, but um, basically they're asking, when are you um, coming back on the show? Oh, you, you want me to come back on the show, Tony? <laughs> Minister, Minister. Uh-huh, yes, ma'am, sorry. I didn't hear you good. What about you? What about you, you, you you're up? going to get put in the naughty corner. If I want you to come back on the show, I've never uninvited you. You have uh, an no, open no, no, invitation anytime. Yeah, we will make time for you. Okay, okay, okay. Then. Because these All people right. want to talk about immigration. One person asked about immigration. One uh-huh. person say um, they want to talk about yeah, bathroom well. issues at the terminal. They want to talk about this next one. Say uh, what is the other one is again? Um, some other question. Uh, oh God, some other question. But people have lots of questions. Yeah, no but, problem. You know? No problem at all. Um, the, the immigration issue, I, I hope that you reach out to the Honorable Green Seymour, who's in charge of labor and border control. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to speak on behalf of the government and tell you what our policies are, uh, up to what I know from mm-hmm. a caucus perspective. But yeah, of course. You know, yeah, you they want you to talk about the beach incident, if you can. Yeah. So I believe it might be time. You might be long overdue for a little visit with us here on Nicole Hard Truth. Have you spoken to Ms. Julia about the public beach yet? Public lands no, she's a person who doesn't no. really answer phone calls, you know, not from me anyway, so I can't really. Okay, okay. Well, I'll definitely give you an update about the public beach. Yeah, I mean, I'm again, she, she has an open invitation as well. Make sure you let Miss Julie know. Um, okay, you know. pass that on to her. Yes, tell her. You know, I would love to have her on the show. And guess what? She doesn't have to be mm-hmm. in Grand Cayman to come on the show. She could be anywhere in the world. Yeah, but you can beat her up so much, man. You beat her up, Sandra. You beat her up. But Kenneth, you all know that I'm beating up on behalf of the people. You're getting licks on behalf of the people, so no just show problem, up no despite problem. it. I'll be happy to talk about the public even though it falls in the public oh, land. Lord, y'all, y'all, y'all need to grow some I, thick skin, man. Jeez, I'm peace. Don't well, take the, know, don't take it yeah. personal. Uh, it's I it's all do done from from a good you place. Know, you know, yes. So you pa- pass that message on to Julie too, please. 
and everybody else in the government who I think I un- unnecessary. You know who else you need to talk to? Bernie Bush. Come, I, he look like he he a little bit afraid too. Tell him uh, I, I, I don't I, I don't literally I'm bite. They're all listening and and can mm-hmm. hear you quite well. You know uh, your reach is far, so I'm certain that they will hear it themselves. But more importantly, please we're inviting everybody to come out because all the members. Not of more importantly, equally as important. Not more importantly. I, Thank you for the correction, Sandra. Thank you for the correction. Equally as yes, Minister. Meeting tonight at 7 p.m. Sharp. Right. Please come on by. Refreshers will be here because we know mm-hmm. that people will probably choose to stay in town rather than go home for dinner. So mm-hmm. obviously we got to feed you. We don't want your pasta here. Yes. So we'll feed you. Um, we'll be um, refreshments and some giveaways mm-hmm. and obviously some very, very important updates as to the country's issues. So mm-hmm. please come on down here from myself. I'm here from the premier and all the members of the government. All right, Sandra, all right, thank you beautiful. so much. I appreciate and I it. I expect to see you in the front seat. <laughs> I'll soon, I'll soon let you know. Not a problem. All right, yeah. I got to work out some logistics. Thank you very much, Minister. Appreciate it. All right, folks. Um, Minister Kenneth Bryan having uh, a meeting this evening um, right there on the uh, on the waterfront, right next to um, Nora Bugs um, Bakery. If y'all came on and you know where the bakery was uh dairy queen is now in that building come on out and um hear what he has to say uh symphony of the reefs is asking um me to have a night show for us um says remember the christmas program you put on i think the christmas program was the one um that was actually uh, minister turner that was really nice um but guess what what i try to do because doing an evening program it's it's a lot i i do over three hours of talking here. That is a lot of talking, whether y'all realize it or not, honey, chill. And so uh, what I try to do is I try to repurpose some of the videos. So one of the things we will do um, this week and going into the weekend is the interview with Mr. Deal Ebanks. That Just that segment will be re-aired. So you can watch it in the evenings. You can watch stuff on the weekends. So you got to just check. It's not going to be on radio, but it'll be on our social media platforms. So just keep an eye out for that. And, you know, um, of course, you know, as the election gears up, we'll be having more stuff in the evenings because they'll be doing meetings and whatever. So um, Dwayne Seymour, who's a new minister, again, um, he had a meeting that was aired and you can you can get all that stuff online. So John says, don't take it personally, not personal. It really isn't. Um, I'm here about the people's business. And I tell everybody from the premiere straight down, don't get insulted. You know, it's not about you. It's about the people's business. And if you and your personality is in interfering with the people's business, then we got a problem, honey chill. And we got to try and sort that out. But I get it. I get these, oh, these ministers and, and government people. They're so thin skinned. They get so, I'm like, listen, I'm just calling you out for the foolishness you're doing. And if you, if you get your act together, then I would have nothing but good to say. For example, I was talking a minute, a few minutes ago about the energy, uh, the women in energy conference that CUC put on not a single, I'm, I'm going to leave the ministers alone because as he said, they're right in the middle of doing their strategic, what is it called? SPA or SPG or whatever strategic policy document or whatever the heck it's called. Right. So they're deep in it for the last three to four weeks or more. I get it. They are inundated. The opposition, they ain't got nothing to do. Alden sitting on a farm picking mangoes and picking Honduran girls. Miss Barbara working full time. Um, Mr. McTaggart, nice guy. I don't know. Why didn't one of you 
Even Mr. Hugh, that's your brother's company. Why didn't one of you come out and support the Women in Energy Conference? Speaker of the House, you're a woman, young woman. Come and support these events that are centered around women. Not a single member, not a single MP, no opposition MP, none of them showed up to this Women in in, um, Energy Conference yesterday. Now, to me, folks, that's a crying shame. I mean, honestly, it is a crying shame. Um, Oh, John, you're making a correction. He says, I mean, the correct grammar is personally. Oh, don't take it personally, as opposed to don't take it personal. Oh, okay. Well, all right, so cut number two. You you go on through, honey, yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, y'all need to do a little bit better. We're paying you a good enough salary for you to just show up. That's all I'm saying. Tomorrow, the new governor will be sworn in. Congratulations. She's now arrived and she's on aisle. Actually, she comes in tomorrow, I think, at the airport. Is it today or tomorrow? Anyway, she's coming in on, on British Airways. She'll be here. And then the swearing-in ceremony is at 2 o'clock. We will live stream right here the swearing-in ceremony. Yes? So make sure you all watch it. We'll have it live for you. You can sit back and enjoy it. And then Monday, anything of interest that happens, I'll be there in person, I think. I'll let you guys know exactly uh, what's going on. Okay. Um, Symphony of the Sea says, any man support women empowerment kind of got to keep a, uh, what? An eye upon them in a sandy. Be thankful. I'm not quite sure I'm getting that. Uh, you might want to rephrase that. Anyway, uh, any final comments? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Send me your link for videoing. Uh, we um, probably see him burning every Christmas. <laughs> they were invited, though. Oh, my gosh, these people. Uh, morning caller, strategic policy statement. Thank you for reminding me of what it's called. Yes, sir. Yes, um, what I was saying about that comment that you just read, mm-hmm. because that's me. Um, you got to keep your eye out on some of these people, like how you say you see when you have these meetings that the government put on or whoever it is that in the sector puts on. And then they have these people that you would consider sexual harassment people, kind of like, you know, they're habitual people. Yeah, this is what I'm. This is what I'm meaning when I say you gotta be careful with certain men mm-hmm. that you support, that support women empowerment because they are the people that you gotta kind of keep your eye on as well. Mm. Okay, appreciate. Yeah, it. I mean that's my yeah. point of view. I mean, I guess yeah, trying to think like a man and how a woman would probably assume we are. Well, you shouldn't try to. You shouldn't have to try to think like a man because you are a man. <laughs> no, no, but but the thing is about it. No, we are all just thinking like women. What you're thinking like a woman? Sandra, you have a you have an influence that you are a woman. Your point of view is this, and you're trying to influence me to think like you. But I don't, I don't, Alejandro. I don't know what you're talking. About. I don't know if you understand it. No, saying, I don't understand what you're talking about. You think every time I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a woman. the same. Um, but people yeah, think right. it's not about being a man or a woman. It's like people think a certain way about most you topics. Men that go out there empowering women and they genuinely care about it. But when you do have those people that uh-huh. take advantage, like oh. for example, your Zumba meeting. It, it, I mean, I just saying, for example, 
Mm-hmm. Just like trying to think outside the box, sometimes not everybody is genuine like you. Well, I mean, you know, I I want people to support, obviously, because that's that's in their exactly. heart. Um, but I do think that when you, I do think that when you're an elected official, you support causes and and things that matter to the community. I'm sure there's certain exactly. things that they may not personally care about, but you know. But but listen, I mean, let's park it there because I'm not. I'm not really sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, we pay them to do a job. And and part of the job, in my opinion, is to support different initiatives in the community. All right, my dear. Thank you. Yeah. So whether it's supporting, you know, women-based conferences, supporting children, um, you know, things for the, the poor animals, the elderly, I expect our elected officials to have their pulse on the community and to know exactly what's going on and be supportive of all of these things. And like I said, we pay you to kind of do that. That's part of what you should be doing as an elected official. Anyway, um, I think like a woman, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a man, so I don't know how else I'm gonna be thinking, but you know, I think we should think community-minded, be more about the community and our families and so on. All right, here is your uh, news for the day, folks. Um, please be safe. Have a wonderful um, evening. We'll see you back tomorrow morning. Well, um, I kind of didn't get to call as many scammers as I want because let me tell you, the list is actually really, really long. So tomorrow we'll spend some more time from the onset of the program calling more scammers and y'all just need to stop owing people money. Um, so let us, uh, you know, yeah, let us do that in tomorrow's program. Y'all have a fantastic day. Here's your new headlines, your news headlines from Kevin Wattler. Oops. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. My apologies. Hold on. I forgot to bring it in. Oh, my goodness. I downloaded it and I'm always multitasking. Hold on. Daily Buzz. Here we go. Big shout out, Kevin. Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Here's a summary of some of Cayman's latest headlines. Former treasurer of the Cayman Islands Football Association, Canover Watson, has been sentenced to eight years in prison, while former Vice President Bruce Blake was sentenced to two years after they were found guilty in a major fraud case last year. Watson was found guilty of six counts, including secret commissions, money laundering and false accounting, while Blake was found guilty of two counts of false accounting. Police have arrested 26-year-old Malik Joseph McDonald, who was recently circulated as wanted in relation to firearms offenses. He remains in custody as the investigations continue. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service extends thanks to the public for helping them locate him. Cayman Finance has announced the return of its highly successful student education and work experience program, which last ran in 2019 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. With a new name and a new sense of purpose, LEAD is a pathway for high-performing Caymanian students to learn about the Cayman Islands financial services industry and the types of careers available. 
Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.04, mostly sunny skies expected with a few afternoon clouds. When the temperatures at 85 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 70% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds east at 10 to 15 miles per hour and the sun sets at 6.44. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the mid-70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. Taste Buds ready because Taste of Cayman is back. Join us May 13th at Festival Green Kamana Bay. Eat, drink, and dance the night away. Taste of Cayman offers the very best of Cayman's food and drink scene with plenty of music to keep the party going. Get your festival tickets online today at tasteofcayman.org or call 623-6700. Brought to you by the Cayman Islands Tourism Association and sponsored by AI Rentals, Kamana Bay, DMS Broadcasting, and numerous valued partners. Ocean Ridge Heights offers an amazing opportunity to own a piece of land in idyllic Cayman Brack, right on the bluff, starting from $80,000. Located in a quiet residential area with high elevation, these lots are ideal for a future home or investment property and are sure to go fast. Cayman Brack offers a laid-back lifestyle, amazing pristine diving, limestone caves, diverse flora, along with amazing wildlife. Inquire about the owner financing options so that you can secure your piece of paradise today. With only a few lots remaining, these are sure to go before you know it. Contact Crichton Properties today on 345-949-5250 or info at CrichtonProperties.com. Honey, you remember to bring your lunch, right? Oh, come on. You know I wouldn't. Seriously? Popeyes? Hmm, Popeyes. Popeyes! Popeyes to the rescue again. <laughs> Mommy, I prefer this to your chicken anyway. Oh no, you didn't! K-Man doesn't just like that chicken, we love that chicken from Popeyes. Recover personal injury attorneys. Helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. 
Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels. And visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 